You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Happy Spring Game Saturday, everybody, from Hotel Indigo on Game Street, right in the shadow of Joe Campbell Stadium. This is the Warchant.com pregame show, sitting alongside the managing editor of Warchant.com. He's been my Sunday Smash partner the last couple of weeks, Irish Rafael. I am Tom Lang, filling in again as a host for Jeff Cameron today, who is under the weather. We didn't want him coughing on people here, Ira, at Hotel Indigo, so we send our thoughts, Jeff. Get well. Uh, how you doing today, Ira? I'm good. This is a rare for me. I'm both pinch hitting for Jeff Cameron yeah. and also the leadoff batter. I don't know if yep. you know this, Tom, but I haven't hit a whole lot of leadoff in my career <laughs> So with my speed. So uh, this is unusual, but I'm happy to set the table for Aslan Michael and uh, the great Corey Clark. Is not a fox speedy? Isn't that, I mean, you're the silver fox, so foxes are quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not so much. All right. Well. Either way, Ira's leading off today, and he just teased it. We've got guests galore. In uh, Jeff's absence, we decide that numbers, use throw numbers at the problem, like Florida State with the offensive line and the transfer portal, hopefully. Throw numbers at the problem. Uh, so Ira will be starting today. We'll have a good 20, 25-minute conversation. Michael Langston will join us at the bottom of the hour at 1.30. Uh, there will be a short break then after Michael joins us for, again, 20, 25 minutes. And then it'll be Aslan and me. We've never done anything live on the air together before. So worlds collide at 2 o'clock with Aslan and I, and then Corey and I at 2.30 will round out the show today. If you have not hit the like button underneath this video, please do so now. It helps us find more FSU fans who want to enjoy their spring game Saturday. That's what we're going to do all day for you here. We've got the pregame show right now, a watch-along at 5, a postgame show. The War Chant Rap returns today. That's right. Postgame Rap with Ira and Corey. So make sure you hit the like button to help other people find us, and then hit subscribe to help yourself. Because then when you log on to YouTube, the YouTube app, we will be right there waiting on you. So the pleasantries are out of the way. Now it's time, Ira, under four hours from kickoff. The day is finally here. You've been to just about every practice this spring. How do you feel? I think I'm excited to see what, uh, what not what they look like, but what to watch the fans kind of yep. see what they think of this team. And I've had a few people talking to some of the fine folks here at Hotel Indigo today. And, you know, I think there's an excitement about, okay, what's it going to look like? We've heard a lot about the defense dominating the last couple of weeks of practice, which I think is accurate. But I have a feeling maybe some of those defensive guys, especially up front, the Fabian Lovitz, uh, Robert Cooper, some of those guys may not be out there for a ton of snaps, and maybe that will give the offense a chance to show something as well because they have worked really hard, I think, at the downfield passing game, trying to open things up with the new wide receivers they brought in, additional pieces on the offensive line, and then the growth of – 
Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker, a quarterback. So I think you're going to see Mike Norvell try to take some shots and try to show that they can throw the football yep. as effectively as they run it. What'll be interesting too, and, and this is a kind of a weather take, but we're inside right now at the beautiful Hotel Indigo. There is an outdoor deck where people can go outside and look at Doak and look at how beautiful of a day it is in Tallahassee, but it's windy as heck, Ira. Yeah. There's a wind advisory in Tallahassee, gusts upwards of 30 to 40 miles an hour at times this afternoon into the evening. So that is going to make things right. interesting for the passing game today. Some of those deep shots, if they look a little wonky, it might be that a gust came up because it is, it's so windy that it's knocking over some of the high-top tables outside yeah. at Hotel Indigo. That's why we're indoors today. Yeah, but, we were actually supposed to be outside yep. on the deck, which would Correct. be awesome overlooking the intramural fields and the stadium. Uh, but we had to move it inside. We got uh, little light jackets on because yep. it's unseasonably cool here in Tallahassee. It is. Uh, for a spring game, this might be one of the coolest yeah. ones there's ever been. And we thank everybody who's here in attendance. Hello, all. Thank you for coming and supporting us here at Hotel Indigo. Feel free if you want to brave the wind. You're welcome to go outside and enjoy the beautiful day. But we will be in here for the next hour and 50 minutes or so right here on War Chant TV. You're right, though, Ira. I think people want to see some explosive plays out of the offense. And one of the things that we previewed before camp even started was all of the transfers. And wide receiver was leading the way with the number of transfers. So if those guys show out, Michael Pittman or Johnny Wilson, Jared Verse on the other sideline, there are a lot of newcomers, both early enrollees and transfers, that people are excited to see today. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I think the thing when you looked at Florida State's offense last year, really the last couple of years, since Tamori and Terry left the program, there really just haven't been a lot of dynamic plays at wide receiver. There have been some plays that they schemed up, Ja'Kai Douglas running free yep. down the sideline or a couple of plays like that. But, but for the most part, they haven't won a lot of 50-50 balls in games because they also haven't won them in practice. Right. This spring, we've seen more guys winning those 50-50 balls in practice. Micah Pittman is not a big guy at all. I mean, I guess he's probably 5'11 or so, but he will go up and get the football. Uh, Johnny Wilson is a guy that people haven't seen him yet in person. I don't know if videotape does it, does it justice. When you see him in person and you see the way he can go up and get the football, that's a big deal, and it can be a big weapon for this team. Now, he hasn't been – 100% consistent catching the football, but maybe on the big stage he'll come through. Yeah, and, I mean, there have been enough plays where you're not worried about him like some receivers in the past. There's a Juco guy from about 10, 15 years ago that I could name where it's just he would do everything right but not catch the football. Johnny does at times. Right. He's got it in him. Let's see if he does it on the big stage today. You know, I was talking with Jeff today in prepping for the show because uh, he's a trooper. He helped me prep. Uh, Micah Pittman. For being as as tiny as he is, relatively speaking, he's not, not tiny, your, but right. compared to a big, right. even a McLean, he's shorter than right. you know Malik McLean, but he is refined. He yeah. plays bigger than his size. He's able to create the space. He, you can tell very much that there is NFL pedigree in his bloodline because all the little details about creating space, whether that's over the middle or near the sideline, creating depth for throws from Jordan Travis, he's very very good at that. Ira, and he came right. on after about the first week of camp. He really came on. Yeah, and I think you know, you, as you said, you can tell his father played in the NFL. His brother plays in the NFL at a high level. And the fact that he's got oh, – we got Corey Clark causing trouble here. Um, what else is new? But, you know, you, you you see the difference between him and some of the receivers who are not as refined. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's hard to, to quantify that. Like when they bring in a Kentron Portier or Darian Williamson, some of these guys who are not really polished wide receivers, and you say, okay, man, you're six foot two, you're six foot three, you can run. Why can't you be a more productive wide receiver? And when you see a guy like Micah Pittman, you see the things he does – that some of those other guys are having to learn to do. It almost feels like it's instinctive for Micah Pittman, although I'm sure it isn't. It's just growing up in that family, practicing with that family, and going through all those drills probably in the backyard since he was a little kid. I mean, he talked about watching film of his dad when he was five or six years old and learning those nuances, and you can see it on display uh, on the practice fields. 
So a couple of things about eyewear, actually. First of all, did you bring the binoculars? I did. Okay. I did. Where are you going to be looking first? Like, what's your what's your order of operation day? Is it Mike? Because you'll be wandering all over the damn field, I would imagine. Is it the sideline interaction? Is it Alex Atkins now as an OC? Like, what what are you going to be looking for today? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll probably watch Alex Atkins a good bit because that is a totally new role role for him as offensive coordinator. He's still going to be coaching the offensive linemen, uh, and the, obviously the coaches can communicate on the headsets, so he could be on one side, Norvell on the other, and you don't know what the communication is. But the, I think there will be times where maybe he goes over and talks to a Jordan Travis or a Tate Rodemaker or goes over and talks to some of the running backs. So I think that'll be a big one. And then, I, you know, I, the offensive line play is is certainly foremost in everybody's mind. I, I'm not as concerned about it as we've talked about a lot on the site and in previous videos and on the message boards. I'm not quite as concerned as, as Jeff is and maybe maybe you might be or some of the other staff might be but because I do think it's going to work out in the fall. Yeah. But I do want to see particularly Caden Lyles uh, the transfer from Wisconsin. What does he look like in his reps? Because a lot of times at practice, when we're at the same level with the, the linemen, it's hard to tell. But uh, being up in the press box, it'll be good to see. Is Caden Lyles a guy that moves people? Because that's what you're expecting from a 325-pound center from Wisconsin. And I haven't seen a lot of examples of that in practice. I want to see if that plays out in the game. Yeah, I saw a couple weeks ago, and, and let me put this on now, because it's 5 o'clock on ACC Network. This is going to be a new tradition. My mother-in-law gave me the best Christmas gag gift ever, and it is ACC Network tack glasses. The tack glasses. So we're slipping on the tack glasses now. Uh, angry selfie from my driver's seat in my car forthcoming. Just uh, be on the lookout for that. Are they x-ray? Can you see underneath everybody's clothes? Sniper. Sniper right there. <laughs> Bald eagle right there. Right. They work. They work. I, can, I mean, you can run these things over with a truck. Hopefully, Caden Lyles is running people over, and we'll see if he's with the ones or the twos today. I'll be interested now that everybody can see, and then we'll be able to talk about it, you know, about five hours, six hours from now. Be interesting to see if Caden gets some reps with the ones uh, at center. I mean, Maurice Smith is still very much in the fold in the picture as potentially a starting center or guard for FSU. But that's the position, Ira, that I'm a little bit concerned about right now is right guard. The Darius Washington experiment is fully on. Mike Norvella said that on the record, that they're cross-training and working in different positions. He is likely not available today, per Mike Norvella, after Tuesday's practice. Looks like he got dinged up last weekend in the second scrimmage. But what is Florida State at guard? Who are their options beyond, obviously, Dylan Gibbons being a rock on the left side? And I think you know, there are some kids that might earn some reps or looks in the fall if they have a good day today. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they would love for either Darius Washington to emerge as a, as a starter at guard opposite Dar uh, Dylan Gibbons. Yep. We'll, we'll have to see if that happens. But if it doesn't, you know, I think a guy like Thomas Schrader, who they've been real excited about throughout his career, but has been back to be set by some injuries. Um, I think that's a guy that they're so hopeful when he gets to full strength, he might be an answer. You also have, I think, Bryson Estes yep. has been impressive in practice. He's a redshirt freshman, physical, strong kid. Is not as polished as some of the other, you know, offensive linemen are at this point, but I think he's definitely got good potential. Um, and I think, you know, there's still there's still a possibility of the transfer portal. I mean, I think a lot of people think that they might go after a tackle in the transfer portal. I wouldn't be shocked if they went for a guard in the transfer yep. portal. So, so again, we don't know what this line is going to look like. Yeah, what's interesting to me is Bless Harris has been a good take. He's been a good – another one of those. I mean, you list them all out. The best thing that ever happened to us in covering spring practice, Ira, is the transfer portal right. because even back in the day when early enrollees that became a popular thing about 10, 12 years ago, most of those guys aren't going to help unless your program is in dire straits. Right. But with the transfer portal, you've got a lot of ready-made players, and at least in theory. And Bless Harris has been a rocket right tackle, but I almost feel like he and Darius Washington are very similar in mm -hmm. what they provide. 
and I don't know that either can can play guard. So you're right. Today for Estes will be interesting. Uh, today for Thomas Schrader, he had 15 reps, I think they said, in scrimmage too. So we'll see if they give him more this week. But then also, you said early on in the lead that they're probably going to hold out to a degree Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett, who have had exceptional camps. You know what you're getting out of those two guys. The defensive interior, there is some debate. I'll ask Corey about this at 2.30 when he comes on. He doesn't think that they're all that proven when it comes to their depth. I think we agree that they are. Yeah, you need to shout him down. No? Okay. That, right. we, you need to embrace debate. That needs to be like Stephen A. <laughs> yeah. on ESPN. You need to you need to shout him down. If, if we need to, we'll all come on. We'll have an intervention because, yeah, I think defensive tackle, they're in good shape. I mean, not only do you have those starters who are as probably good as anybody in the ACC – one of the best tandems probably in college football, but then you have, you know, uh, Mar- uh, Malcolm Ray. Um, I think, you know, Joshua Farmer is really impressive. J- Jared Jackson has come yep. on in a big way. Uh, then they've got those young guys, Bishop Thomas, Daniel Lyons. This, I'm probably more excited about that freshman defensive class mm-hmm. than I am really any part of the team just because I think they've hit on all those guys. I think they got seven. I think of the 12 early enrollees, I think seven are on defense, five on offense. And the ones on defense, man, and really the whole class, but those kids on defense, those tackles, I think Dante Anderson's going to be good. Yep. Uh, yep. Aaron Hester, I think that whole defensive class is going to be really impressive uh, in the future. This is something we talked about yesterday on the happy hour, yesterday during the Cameron show. It's just there's a fine line that this coaching staff had to walk between, of course, you're Florida State, so you're going to attract blue chip talent. But then you're also got to realize where we are as a program. If you're Mike Norvell thinking this thing out, <laughs> that's the foxes. The foxes are in the house for the silver fox. They're trying to mess. They're trying to mess us up. They're trying to. It's a, we're locked in. It's an inter- intervention here. So, with the blue chippers that you can get, you've got to be able to cut it off. Who can you reasonably bring in as a coaching staff here? And then, can you close the deal on those guys? And do you nail it with your three stars or low four stars in terms of your evaluation? Their evaluation, from what we've seen, if the rest of the class is like what they already have on campus with the early enrollees, then they've knocked this out of the park. All of these players, you can see why they're here. There hasn't been a single freshman early enrollee, Ira, where I'm saying to myself, why is this dude here? That doesn't make any sense. All of them look like they're potential players for Florida State contributors in the next two or three years. Yeah, and it's big because you you think about their first two classes. That first class, the transition class, where they inherited a lot of guys that Willie had committed uh, so they kept on some of those guys where they went out kind of in short order. They got hired in early December, had to put to get together a class really quick with the early signing period. And there's a lot of misses in that first class. A lot of those guys have already transferred out. That second class was during a COVID pe- period. Right. So again, you had some more issues. This is the first class, I think, really where you've had a chance. This, this staff had a chance to go out and evaluate players in person. They had last summer those camps kids came on campus for those camps they get to evaluate them in person and then they had to actually go out and sign them yes but they also got some good fortune there at the end i mean azaria thomas yes. was a guy that did not have florida state on his radar a month before signing day but his top schools were lsu coaching change oklahoma coaching change florida coaching change florida state kept recruiting him that whole time and sure enough they ended up landing him at the last minute and he looks like he's got a chance to be a star. I think he's a guy. Yep. You, know, you talk about those freshmen. I think there's 16 or 17 in that class. You know, I don't know. Maybe eight or 10 of them will actually contribute this year. But as you said, you could see all of them being players down the line. And that's not always the case. There's some years freshmen come in. You're like, 
mm, I'm not sure how long long that kid's going to be at Florida State. These guys all look like they will. No, 20 and Garnet, if they keep what they were doing in, in practice the same where the defense wears Garnet. But look out for 20 and Garnet today. Also, Daniel Lyons, I want to circle back to him real quick. I know that for much of camp, he's going against some reserve offensive linemen, and that's not the deepest position on the team. We can agree on that. But there have been times when the freshman has gone up against named players, people you would recognize at home as FSU fans, in the interior of the offensive line, and he won those reps. If you go follow Odell Hagens like I did for one full day of practice last week, you'll see that Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons are not refined, to use the term yeah, we did exactly. with Mike, Micah Pittman. Their, their technique, all the individual drills, Odell is just, I mean, he's beside himself with the, the lack of refinement their games have. That's why you're here as a freshman early to get that training. But when it just comes to snapping the football and playing football and getting by somebody into the backfield, Daniel Lyons might be on the short list of players who can contribute right now in this fall. Even if it's for 10 snaps a game, you give a breather to a Fabian Lovett or a Robert Cooper, that's invaluable. There is a big battle going on today for the defensive interior to leave a good impression in the coaches' minds for the fall because those backup reps, 20 a game, 25 a game, those are going to be completely contested from now until the opener against Duquesne. Yeah, and Bishop Thomas is a guy that didn't even play high school football last year. He transferred from the state of Louisiana to Orlando and uh, did not play last season, so there's not a lot of great film on him except going back a couple years. And he was used in a lot of different ways. He played some offense, played some defense, but he's been a guy, again, not as refined, but yep. certainly makes plays in practice. And and Daniel Lyons' high school teammate, Dante Anderson, was a guy who committed on signing day. We weren't even sure, is, you know, is he taking his preferred walk-on? Is he going to be on scholarship? He, uh, I don't know that he can help them in 2022 at defensive end, but if he gets on the field today, he's another guy to look at. 96, he's an impressive freshman. He's already got the speed rush down. Yeah. It's just a matter of, you know, how do you shed if somebody gets their hands on you? But he can get by you. If you miss right. and you whiff, he will be in the backfield right. immediately. So, okay, about the defense as a whole. Last year you would say really slow start. Around the Louisville game, they kind of figured some things out, and there was an identity by the end. The defense has been really impressive. Since that Thursday where all media members were walking to the press conferences, just like what did we watch where the offense closed practice with – unbelievably efficient drives, explosive plays. Since that point, the last week and a half, two weeks, the defense has taken over this camp. They look good across the board, Ira. You can't replace what you know Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas brought to the table. You can't do it player for player. But it looks like as a group of 11, they might have improved significantly across the board. Yeah, they really could have. And, and I think the point you make is important. That I think a lot of people, when you look at 2021 as, as an entirety, you think, okay, you remember some bad plays. You remember yeah. the breakdowns against Jacksonville State or, or some of the breakdowns against Notre Dame or busted plays. But really, that second half of the season, from that, you know, around that Louisville game on, that second half of that game on, they did play much more sound defensively. They had some really good, uh, several really impressive performances against some good offenses. And I think they've carried that over. And now you have a defense when you watch Adam Fuller and his staff, Randy Shannon, those guys coaching those guys on defense. It's not, there's no more teaching. Right. It's almost yeah, like yeah. working with, it's like when you work in, in, in your workplace and you've got other people around you who also are competent and know what they're doing and you don't have to explain everything and you just mm -hmm. kind of, you're on the fly. And so that's how this defense is right now. You can see them communicating on the field. You can see them adjusting. Oh, wait, that's something we didn't expect. And they can adjust on the fly. And I think the coaches know what to expect from certain guys in different situations. I think all that adds up to, a really, which should be a really good defense, especially when you add in some of those extra pieces they brought in, Jared Verse, Tatum Bethune. I don't know how much we're going to see of some of those guys today because it's the end of the spring. Some of those guys might be a little limited, 
but Tatum Bethune at linebacker has been a, just a, mm-hmm. a huge difference maker. Yeah, he's moved everybody down a peg to where they belong. Like, Deloach had a good finish to the season, and he could be a very good player. It looks like the development is in full force there. But when you have Tatum Bethune, and I had to be corrected earlier this week, I didn't realize he's a retro junior. Yes. I know he's got aspirations that if he has a good year, then he'll be gone, and that's what he's here for. But you've got him for potentially two years, and that yeah. could be a huge boon for the segment group. Marcus, Marcus Dudley, met you yesterday at Corner Pocket. Thank you so much for your contribution to the program. He is an Eagles fan like Director Matthew, who's producing the show today. Uh, perfect day for some spring ball. Yes, it is. If you're by this area, College Town, anywhere around College Town, come to Hotel Indigo. Hop on the elevator to the seventh floor. You'll find us here. You can hear it. It's hustling and bustling. A lot of Knowles having some spirited conversations and fun conversations. There's a cash bar, a buffet, and the outdoor deck if you want to brave the wind. Not fear wind burn, because that's what you would get for being out there for more than 10 or 15 minutes. But that's what we got going on here at Hotel Indigo. Interesting, Ira, that you pointed out. Uh, Jared Verse, perhaps, is a guy that maybe some folks will see or, or not see a bunch of, but everybody wants to see that guy. Right. And he's been very impressive this camp. I don't think that's just a function of offensive line play that's not necessarily good. He, yeah. He's got some quick twitch to him. Yeah, you can see why just about every school in the country was trying to get Jared Verse. Yep. You know, he started his uh, college career at Albany, which is a small school, an FCS school. Didn't play against great competition, but put up some impressive numbers. I think he had 14 and a half sacks in like eight games last year. And, uh, you know, you see him physically. The first time you see him on the field, it's six foot four, 250 pounds. He gets your attention. But if you get a chance to see him run, yeah. just, you know, rushing the passer is one thing, but just running sideline to sideline. It's one of the more impressive things you'll see on that field today because he can flat out fly. Um, and, and, again, this is a good opportunity for him to show what he can do in a game situation with fans in the stands. I don't know, man. This might be the biggest crowd he's ever played in yeah, if he's true. played at the FCS level. And uh, he knows there's going to be a lot of people watching him, and I think it's going to be exciting to see what he does on the stage. It's either this or Syracuse, and I promise you uh, he'd rather true. be here than Syracuse. He'd, he'd rather be here, wouldn't we all? It's a gorgeous day in Tallahassee. Yes. Uh, some sad news to share. It's just a you know a college football star who passed right. away today, and not a Florida State Seminole, but uh, Dwayne Haskins. It's just a terrible, terrible story. Hit by a car, dead at the age of 24. Uh, I see people in the chat mentioning it, and um, it's just uh, that's tough. We send our condolences out to all those affected by that tragedy. That is out of nowhere. Heard that coming in to Hotel Indigo today. On a lighter note, Ira, it's tough to segue from that, but. Um, some of the things you're looking for today. We've got a few more minutes before Michael Langston makes his way to the stage. So uh, we got some recu- recruiting Q and A's. If you've got questions, funnel those into the comments section. I'm going to throw it to Michael. I know nothing at that on that side of the business, <laughs> so I let Michael handle that. Feel it free will, to send yeah, us and questions. It, and it will be a big recruiting weekend. We yes. actually have um, uh, he did a recruiting primer on the site with some of the players that might be poss- you know possibilities to commit this weekend. Guys, mm-hmm. he has on commit watch. Um, so that'll be. Something to watch, but Michael can talk more about that. But, yeah, you know, I think, again, for what I've tried to, to encourage fans to look for is, is some of these newcomers like Trey, Trey Benson, a running back, very impressive young guy. He didn't play a lot at Oregon. He spent the last two years at Oregon, but because of a knee injury, did not play much there. But he's been real impressive, big, strong guy, can run really fast. Um, and I think, you know, also, you know, we've kind of stopped talking about him as much lately because he played – we've seen him so much. But C.J. Campbell – Yes. A redshirt freshman running back came in last year as a walk-on. Has really been one of the stars of of, of this spring camp. Uh, he's a guy that if you see somebody break a big run and you see it's number twenty-two, don't just assume it's Jakai Douglas. I think that's what Jakai wore last year. Yep. yep. He's Jakai now wears zero, 
that's C.J. Campbell, and he's had a great camp. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the running backs right. today had a big day. D.J. Williams has had a good finish to camp. I didn't really notice him too much the first couple of weeks, but he's had some big plays in, in recent, I'd say the last three practices he's shown out that I've seen. Uh, Rodney Hill was a good get. Uh, yeah. Trayshawn Ward's going to obviously you know, be the leader in the clubhouse, and, and Trey Benson might run him down, literally and figuratively. <laughs> But all of those guys, if, if any of them break one off for 15 or 20 yards, I would not be shocked today. That position group was a question mark coming into camp. I think questions are answered. They don't need to dip back in the portal for anybody. Yeah, I agree. And I think the the best competition is going to be a cornerback on defense because there's a, there's an open position there. We think of Marion Cooper, who came on late last season, had the big interception against Clemson and Miami. He's a guy I think he's pretty much penciled in pretty firmly in one of the cornerback spots. But with Jarvis Brownlee leaving – Interestingly enough, that completed the trade. Florida State <laughs> yeah, got greedy yeah. Vance from Louisville. <clears throat> Louisville gets the player to be named later, Jarvis Brownlee. Yeah, between uh, Greedy Vance and Jamie Robinson, uh, if you have an official who likes to throw flags, that's that's going to be a tough matchup for either of those guys. They like to play physically, and uh, maybe we'll be lucky enough today to see in the slot a matchup between 21 Greedy and 80 Pokey. Greedy Pokey. against Pokey. Pokey against Greedy. Um, but, yeah, Greedy that, that competition at corner, Greedy Vance has been – you know, a little hot and cold. He makes some big plays. He's gotten beat sometimes. Um, Jarian Jones has kind of been a little bit of an afterthought because he lost that starting job to Marion Cooper last season. Then this early in spring, he was kind of limited by an injury. He's come on and practiced really well, I thought, the last week or two. So Jarian Jones, he's competing for that starting job. You also have um, – uh, I mean, the, you have the young Leonardo. guys – Renardo Green. Renardo Green has been a guy who moved from safety to corner, has really had a good spring and, and might be the leader in that competition. And then you have the young freshman corners, mm-hmm. Azaria Thomas, Sam McCall. You have Hunter Washington, Demory Tate, some other guys that we haven't seen do much in that stadium yet. That's going to be, a, a to me, watch those cornerbacks because a lot of those guys have an opportunity to make a statement today. Yeah. If you say spring games don't matter, you're wrong. They do, especially for a lot of players who are vying for either starting jobs or backup reps today. And we didn't even talk about Tate Rodemaker or Jordan Travis hardly at all. But uh, those two guys, obviously, it's Jordan's job, but Tate needs to fortify the belief in front of people with that extra pressure that he can be the backup this year. So there's a lot to crunch on today. Stay tuned to Warchant.com throughout. Stay tuned to Warchant TV. We're pretty much on the air all day except for a short window between 3 and 5 o'clock. Ira, thank you so much for leading off. See, you did it. That's a leadoff triple. Can I borrow the glasses? Yeah, sure. You want to put them on? I'll take them. I'll take them. off the air. I'll t- I'm oh, he's not going to put them. Okay. All right. If if Florida State wins the spring game, then you got to put these on. For the wrap. Yeah, for the wrap. Sounds good. He's going to put them on for the wrap. All right. There we go. Thank you so much, Ira. We're going to take a short break here. Matthew, Director Matthew, has some videos of Warchant content. About two or three minutes from now, we'll have Michael Langston in this chair. You're watching the Warchant TV spring game pregame show live from Hotel Indigo. Talk to you all in a minute. Precious few people are really worth a business paying money to to have them speak on that business's behalf. If the goal is to further expose your business to more people and in turn make more money. There aren't that many guys that have that kind of pull, that kind of sway with consumers. So if I own a car business or a lawn business, or whatever you want to say, okay? I think the the kids coming out, and this isn't one of you kids, I'm just saying pe- people have this idea that their worth economically is so much greater than it is. Like, am I going to sell more cars if Florida State's 
and, and let's say I own this car business and I'm a knoll through and through a booster and everything else. And I care deeply about it. Okay. I want to contribute, right? How, how is it that my business will be rewarded? The player will be rewarded. Everybody wins. The program's better because I've done this. Well, do you think that Jordan Travis, and this is not a knock on Jordan Travis, but do you think if you gave Jordan Travis money to stand in front of a sign outside of the car lot you own, you'd sell more cars? You think he has that kind of pull? Well, you have to decide that. I'm here to tell you that very few players have that kind of influence on consumers. And it's, it's in my mind, like 99% of the people who play would not really sway anybody anyway to go get a different kind of insurance, to buy a car, to eat this food, to do any of it. And, and that's not just here. That's at Alabama and other places. Like, man, you're not influencing consumer behavior. You're not. It, very rarely. But can you give a walk-on an NIL deal? Yeah, so, right, to save scholarships. Oh, this is a conversation and I've been so that thinking they about. stick with sports-specific training all mm -hmm, year round. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What are we doing? Yeah. Why are you even going to class? You know what? You don't need to. We're going to set you up with the best well, trainer. Even walk-ons have to go to class. They, they are still students. Well, I mean, what if, what if, they what if it's just a dude? Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, and you have to be what? part of the school. You're, you're paid for that, you know. Yeah, there yeah, you go. You, you're you taking the have... minimum. You're doing golf class uh, once a semester. There you go. There's your one credit hour. You're yeah, a student. Yeah, Dick working at Avis doesn't get to walk over when he's 27 and play on Saturday well, because what if, you gave him some what money. What if Dick is taking bowling class at the new Crenshaw whenever it's. He has one class? He has yeah, to be... one credit hour. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? Where does it end? Who made that catch? It was Dick from Avis. What a catch. Man, I'm How's he on the team? He's taking bowling. He's taking bowling One credit. Crenshaw. I thought Crenshaw got bowled over. It did. Don't worry about it. Stop talking about this. Thank you for tuning in to War Chant's pregame show, the spring game pregame show right here on War Chant TV. If you're not done so already, hit the like button underneath the video. Hit the subscribe button. But hit the like button for Michael Langston, who joins us. <laughs> Michael's having a good time out here. You can hear it. It's a rowdy bunch. Everybody's enjoying themselves here at Hotel Indigo. I would be remiss. They're like kind of on my right breast pocket right here. If I didn't mention ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, who is bringing coverage of spring games Saturday all day to you right here on War Chant TV. ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, you know, if you live in the state of Florida, it's a tradition. Get the day started. Get whatever provisions you need in. Go to ABC and become an all-access member. We've got the information underneath. It's running on the ticker. You can see it on the ticker. If you're a bourbon person or you like rare bourbons or rare scotches, join the ABC Rewards Program. You'll get into the vault and you get to buy some really cool stuff. But beyond the cool stuff and the cool provisions and spirits, let's get into the spirit of recruiting talk. Michael Langston, the senior recruiting analyst of Warchant TV, is here. Michael, you look happy. You look well-rested. I'm happy to right now. I probably won't be happy in about six hours. Uh, but uh, great weekend, man. I mean, we're Hotel Indigo. Um, buffet yep. was out of this world. I, oh, just, I just had it. Um, but, so if people want to come down, uh, come on down. Uh, it's a big party here. and uh, I mean, you cannot ask for a more beautiful day yep. for recruits to be on campus. And you know, they're going to have 50-plus guys and uh, a lot of really good elite talent. If you come here to Hotel Indigo, get in the elevators. It's the seventh floor. There is an outdoor deck that overlooks Doe Campbell. It's gorgeous. It's just a little gusty out there. That is why we are inside today. But you can go out there and enjoy it. So let's get to uh, the 10,000-foot view of uh, what you'll be doing today, Michael. A lot yeah. of dudes on campus. A lot of good players, too, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we – I mean, spring game visitors are kind of different because they can – when it's done – they can just scatter, like when you turn on the lights and the roaches come on. So they could just take off. And 
So it's a little bit different where you have to track them down. So we'll obviously see if we can get a few of them uh, before the game, and then after the game we'll get up with a lot of them. Obviously there's uh, over 50 kids here, 50, uh, a lot of four stars, a few uh, five stars that are already on campus. Uh, five star Jaden Davis, a quarterback, says to be here, uh, 2024 class. So uh, Chris Parsons, obviously FSU commit that's here. I think that will help them a lot, having somebody that's already sold on what they're doing. So I think it's going to be a good weekend. I think uh, I think I think potentially they could get some good news. Well, okay. Uh, I think I asked you last Sunday on the Smash over under one and a half bits of good news. You took the over, right? Yeah. If I, you include multiple, I said it's going to be more, more, more yeah. than one and a half. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. So two or more. If it if it comes out that way, there'll be a lot of great stuff on Warchant.com that you can catch. I saw obviously to uh, Jamie's question. He said, "Who's in town?" Michael just named a, a few players. If you have questions for Michael. I'm not being rude. I'm gonna I'm gonna look over here, Michael, and pick them up and put them and wipe them on the screen. Okay. Uh, but as you feed those in, we will get those things answered over the next 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about Chris Parson, right? The, the quarterback and and the cornerstone of the next class, 2023. Again, I spend so much time covering team. Please speak to me like I've never looked at the recruiting side of the okay. website before, Michael. So tell me about this kid and, and why he is so integral and what kind of player he is. Yeah, Chris is originally – he plays for Ravenwood High School out there in Tennessee, which is near Brentwood and all that. Uh, he's originally from Texas, um, so he's a Texas kid technically. Okay. Um, the main thing about Chris is, like, he is so dynamic running the football, like very electric, um, just elusive, really good speed, and then his arm – is kind of came along as a junior. That's what's really is, you know, got him to the next level. When I watch him, I think of like Kyler Murray. When I watched him in high school, kind of does some of the same things that Kyler does. I'm not saying he's Kyler Murray, but he does similar attributes and skills to him. So, um, and then just a great kid that just really is easygoing to talk to. I mean, he gives me the longest interviews I think out of any kid. I mean, it's like 11, 12 minutes and. Just a phenomenal kid, and I think a good representative of FSU when you're talking about you need that guy to lead the class. He's yep. a guy that's got the charisma, the, the energy, the excitement, um, kind of a different recruiter than what A.J. Duffy did a year ago where he's more – A.J.'s more proven on the field type of behind-the-scenes type of guy. Mm-hmm. Chris is more charisma out there where yep. he's always, always putting it out there about FSU. Good. So he'll be doing some work recruiting yeah. other kids this weekend. Uh, Jamie asks in the chat, what are the chances we land? He's, he's swinging for the fences, is Jamie. Five-star recruits. What are the chances we land five-star recruits based off of the spring game? Can they do something that impressive today that a five-star would say yes? Um, usually I would say no. Oh, oh. But uh, I think there's a potential one that I'm, I have in mind. Okay. Uh, defensive back Desmond Ricks. He's here. Number two player in the country, 2024. I think everything seems to be trending FSU. So it wouldn't shock me if he committed. So, yes, that could happen. Ordinarily, I'd have no on that answer, but uh, okay. that guy is just one. I'm. He was on my commit watch list that we put on War Chant, um, and he's just a guy I'm going to be following. He's going to be here till Sunday. So he's got like a – I think he's on a, a three-day visit to okay. FSU. So that's also a positive. So he's one I'm watching. So, yes, that, that will be my answer to that. How impressed are you? Because I, I see things on the other end of the assembly line. I'm looking at a lot of these early enrollees, not the transfers, but the early enrollees this spring. And whether it's an offensive player or a defensive player, Michael, I'm saying there's a reason he's here. I, I know why they took him. He might not help now. Some of them might. But you could see it, why the kids on campus. The evaluation has been, at least in my opinion, 
really good. What do you think of their evaluation as a staff? Yeah, they're on field evaluate. Even guys they didn't like sign, like Luke Altamar to end up at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Like they got on him before anybody, and then Alabama offered him late. Ole Miss made a push late. So their evaluations on the field is really good, and especially when you look at all these guys in the spring that are freshmen, and they're already making an impact. I mean, they're settling in. So on the field, they certainly – we're not saying these guys are all going to be stars, but their right. on-the-field evaluations has been very good. Is that comparable to the way Jimbo ran the operation where it's like, all right, if you like a kid, I trust you, but send it to me and, and let me verify that, that this is a kid that we're going to pursue? Or, or does he allow and empower the coaches to do their own thing and, and he trusts them? How does that work? I think it really um, – it's a little different in Jimbo. Not much, slightly. Mm-hmm. I would say Jimbo was, like, very handsy on where everything's like he's got to prove it where it's more you know norvell trusts the guys and it's like but he i think norvell tells him like look this is on you if it don't yep. work out it's yep. on you but i think he trusts his guys and i think if if they like him and then certainly you know norvell has to give the okay uh, at the end but i don't think it's as as really strict as what jimbo was but it's similar patterns that that he trusts his assistants and i think that's kind of how they they do stuff yeah the one thing that i mean when Jimbo left, that was the thing. I, I I know that recruiting slowed down a little bit before he left, Michael. I think it's it's fair to say. <laughs> that's a that's an understatement. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Okay. I didn't know if you needed bridges to be intact, but go ahead. You burn it. Yeah. Um, that was the one thing that he was so good at was was seeing kid early. The story about Devonta Freeman. You know, he goes down. He's going to see a different player. He's like, well, that's the dude I want. He and Eddie Grant, right? It was, yeah, that was a good story because I was actually standing next to Jimbo, and um. Oh really? I didn't yeah, know this. Yeah, at, when they were at the uh, the state championship game for Devonte Freeman. Yeah, and uh, you know, and Jimbo's sitting there and they're watching him. And he's like, um, I looked at Jimbo and he just starts smiling. He's like, "Yep," and nobody <laughs> wanted him. <laughs> that's, so, that's amazing. Well, yeah. I mean, he had an eye, but it seems like this group similarly yeah, has yeah. has an eye for it. Uh, Xavier McLeod. Yes, Xavier McLeod. Uh, what does he play? See, this is me. Like, what does he play? They want to know how we're looking for Xavier yeah, McLeod. He visited last week. He's a defensive tackle from, okay. uh, I think, I want to say the Carolinas somewhere. And uh, a big defensive tackle. Uh, they uh, really, they weren't even his top eight before the visit. He visited last week, blew him away. Now FSU's in his top two. Uh, okay. So, uh, you know, they, they've certainly made a move for Xavier. I think FSU's going to get an official visit. That one's still got a ways to go, but, yeah, he's a guy that uh, certainly he will be in my next hot board when we do a feature. Well, they continue to turn him out. I mean, that's something you look at Daniel Lyons and Bishop Thomas. Again, just two dudes. Immediately you see them. I mean, Michael, they're winning reps against the twos and the ones at times, not always, but at times. And to do that as an early enrollee, as the coaches are fond of saying, somebody should be a prom. I mean, they really, they've circled some kids yep. and, and yeah, hit they them. Tr- they turn them out. And, two, like, the main thing, you know, People would follow War Chant and see how we're, I'm up there every day at FSU. That's how frequently they're – and when kids visit, it dramatically changes their recruitment where whatever they're doing on the visit, it's connecting with kids. I think it's I think it's a more relaxed environment than what they do when they go other places where they're like, hey, we want you, we want you. Are you going to commit? Do you come here? It's like FSU's more – you're going to your uncle's house and chilling, and it's just relaxing where it's not – they're not focused on, like, are you committing or not? It's more like relationship based on everything they do with these visits. So when they get kids here, they're dramatically moving up. More questions in the chat. I'll, I'll get to those in just a second. But I'm curious. So at what point do you, as somebody who covers recruiting, go from, all right, that kid's on campus to, oh, I need to, I need to find the contact person for him or the player yes. directly. 
when does it change? Is it simply by being on campus that they're on the radar or is it they have to come back a second time? How do you cover it and circle somebody and say, clearly this is a priority for the staff. I need to make sure I have my intel. Well, there's sometimes where kids visit for the first time, but you know the history behind kind of what they feel about FSU, like they really, really want this offer. And then they get the offer and then they visit. You kind of know. So you check on that. Once you, you just really background check kind of kind of the connections of Florida State, what you like about it. And then, but for me personally, usually I, I'm big on the follow-up visit. Like for me, okay. I need to see two visits. I need to see a follow-up visit. It's like if a kid's coming from Maryland, that's a top wide receiver, it's a five-star, and he's visited FSU or Texas or somewhere like that, I want to see the follow-up visit. It doesn't matter when you do it as long as there is done. And I think if once the follow-up visit, you can kind of sense the body language. I mean, we're out there with these kids. You can – I've been doing it for 21 years, so I can kind of <laughs> yeah, feel yeah. the body language of a of, of kid that's genuinely – it's not just – hyperbole where they're just telling you mm-hmm. you know what you want to hear that oh it was nice i had fun it's like you can feel how much they like it so with the background information as you're doing mm-hmm. you know your checks is it high school coaches is it calling over to, to maybe some sources on the staff or both is is that how you you know devise whether or not like a kid really is itching for an fsu offer it's going to make a huge difference how, how do you f- formulate that and how do you go about for that? me i just i talk to people like you know the coaches you always talk to the coaches you talk to people around them but you talk to people that are outside that sports bubble mm-hmm. that are close to the kid that you know you're going to get real answers, what, what they do good, what they do bad, and, and get genuine uh, you know, feel of, of what they like about and what their likes and dislikes are. And so you can kind of feel like what schools are in it. Uh, the people that are outside of football bubble are usually the ones that I trust the most because mm-hmm. they don't have a dog yeah. in the fight. It's right. kind of like they care more about the kids yeah. than they do just whatever school well and now the nil is a thing you can say it they don't have a vested interest <laughs> in what the kid does because yeah. now that that's a part of the equation that we can talk about in the open uh you mentioned this yesterday i hope i'm not speaking out of school but yeah. you mentioned this yesterday at corner pocket when you were there for the live show uh mike come on man take a break uh, yeah. there's a steady yeah. there's a steady flow of kids every day pretty much since, every day yeah uh, it's literally like austin comes in town like tuesday thursday and saturday and i'm you know, we kind of flip and, and he's juggling team and recruiting and, and, and we do recruit. But it's like every day there was like at least a four star there. I mean, or wow. a kid that's a top kid or you're always following somebody. And then there's always somebody new. So it's, it's lit. I have not seen any spring that's like this. Like, OK, that was my follow up question. Yeah. So this is different. This is new territory. Even with Jimbo, you didn't have this level. And with Jimbo it was more like he put everything into the summer, like get all these kids in the summer in events but mike is like the whole spring and i'm sure summer is going to be the same way i this is the most kids i've I've, as far as top kids consistently week by week day by day that i've seen in in doing this well it's also smart because given where the program is you've got to do go that extra mile you know it's not just uh well do you want to play for me you show up when i tell you to show up you got to go out there and get them you got to be proactive given where the program is you're coming off i mean you haven't had a a 500 season in a while so uh you're coming off that and, and you're trying to build it back up of of you know, the previous staff kind of, you know, put them in a really big hole. Jimbo put them in a big hole his last year. And so they're they're having to repair. That's why I try to tell people when we when this thing first started with Norval, it's like he's starting from the bottom, yeah. like literally starting yeah. from the bottom, which is kind of tells you how much stuff it was, how much it was damaged yeah. when he took over. You know, you said it like it was nothing, Michael, and I lived it. Jeff and I got to do it. We got to speak for hours every day. <laughs> but he said you haven't had a fi- over 500 or 500 season in a few mm-hmm. years. Ow, that yeah, hurt. That hurt. I don't. I, I don't know. Even though I know it, 
sometimes when you just say it aloud, it's it's absurd. Yeah. So it's paramount that they do begin and continue to roll the ball the way that they're rolling yeah, it. Yeah, right and now. this is new territory. I mean, I'm born and raised in Tallahassee, so I've seen all kinds of good teams, bad teams, um, like since I've been on this earth, and <laughs> and they've been good. Yeah. Like this is new territory for everybody. So repairing something and building it back up is not kind of a new thing for everyone. So I think everyone's yeah. adjusting to it, but. You really feel like, even when I'm around the recruits or around the players or I'm at more, like you really feel this, this, this excitement trending up. Like you saw it last year with kind of the Miami game where this team is flashing and you just feel like it's, it's about to take off. Yeah, That's how it feels. Well, again, I mean, they're going to have a good day today, the way they practice. If, if they don't have a good spring game out there today, like meaning it just looks disjointed and messy, that's a bit of a shock because they're practicing at a higher level. As Michael checks his phone to make sure that there's no breaking news imminent, anything we got to put on warchant.com, it's like Schefter. You got to make sure that nothing. <laughs> I'm just keeping my list together because I'm going to go over some of these guys on the list. So, in the background, too, is uh, our cohort, Austin Cox. He's in the building. The whole staff is here, the Warchant staff at Hotel Indigo. A lot of talent here in the building. Ira just said it. You know, it's like the FSU defense. When, when you know that somebody else is competent, you can just do your own job. That's the way it is here at Warchant. We are very lucky. And I know Gene's wandering around here somewhere smiling. San Antonio, Noel Lee. All right, out to Tejas. You mentioned Chris Parsons from Texas. For the 23 class, now here's a chance for you to say no. Could we get two offensive linemen that are five stars? I want to swing for the fences with the big uglies. I do too, Lee, but is it possible? Five stars? What do you think? Probably. I I would would say no right now. I don't know too many five stars that they're they're active with at offensive line. Um, that they sit good for. Um, but I do think you can get some high four stars. And, um, you know, we saw last year they got Julian Armella. He was a five-star for most of the season. And then I think was booted downtown, the Rivals 100 guy. But um, it could happen. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying right now I would say probably just high four stars. Okay. Um, over uh, 300 people right now watching on War Chant TV. Make sure to hit that thumbs up. Michael's giving us good insight right now. Let's talk about Alex Atkins then, since I asked about the offensive line. Obviously, his reputation is good enough that when Georgia had an opening a couple months ago, everybody was holding their breath. That yes. Would they come for Alex Atkins? What's his reputation amongst high school coaches? Obviously, I, I see him in practice. He is a tactician. He looks like somebody who is a blend of the old school Rick Trickett, but then also the new age, where he can put his arm around a kid's shoulder and, and root them on. How about his reputation in the recruiting world? You know, when he was first hired, which I tipped Gene off like, hey, I think they're getting ready to hire this guy. You know, the people that I talked to in the coaching community, they were like, this dude's a rock star. Like, he is a phenomenal rock star. The way he connects with players is different. It's unique. And and then I got to see it in myself or person. It's like it is – like, if you've ever hung out with Alex Sackens, it's like he is the most charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. But he treats these recruits like they're players. Like, he will get on their butts, like, yes. all the time. Like, he treats everyone the same way. And that's the thing. is like, it's not a pitch. Like, when he when he's out there with guys, like, he's he's as hard on the recruits as he is as his players. And, and I think that's what resonates with so many people, why he's so highly regarded in the community, why – Georgia wanted him. You know why he's probably going to be a head coach, and you know a few years down the line, I I just think uh, his his realness is what really connects with people, and he knows what he's doing. He's a very accomplished, uh, extremely skilled offensive line coach. And then in, in some, you know, we've seen a couple of the early enrollees already. Kanai Charlton's here. Daltrey Richardson mm-hmm. is here, and you can see why they're on campus at Florida State. Kanai's got to lose some weight, but he's already for somebody who is big, yeah. has a lot of bad weight. 
you can already see it, Michael. He can pull. They like to do the pin and pull. They create the angles. He already does that. He's just not agile enough. He needs to lose some bad weight. Daughtry Richardson, obviously, a tackle. Mm -hmm. Looks like a, a longer-term solution there. But you're watching him develop, and Robert Scott has really helped out, be a middleman, too, to try and usher him along. But what do you think of that of that class now? Uh, I remember you and my, uh, you and Aslan were watching live when Armella, he said, I'm going to wait, and then he didn't. And then uh, that was that night of signing day that yep. he signed on. So what do you think of those five kids that are coming in? Yeah, it was a funny story about Armella because I was like, uh, as, I, as Tommy and discussed, like, that morning, it was so horrible. Oh, my God. Like, and then Armella delayed it, but I think it was mainly just to step everything. And then you know, finally decided that night. And then um, I think it's the best uh, offensive line class, maybe even better than this one. In 2011 was the one that kind of catapulted them yep. to the national championship. Yep. I think this class is even better than that. So probably the best offensive line class that I can remember in a while. Um, you know, Guys, we haven't mentioned Jalen Early, four star out of Texas. He's here today to watch the scrimmage or spring game. Uh, Julian Armel is here today, so they got more coming. Antavius Woody's another one that's yep. potentially going to sign with them. So I think it's just a strong class overall where you have a lot of tackles, you have a lot of guards, um, you got a lot of meat, as we've already seen with Kanai Charlton and yeah. Dr. Richardson. Those, guy, those guys are big, I mean, they're yeah. massive and. Daughtry's body seems to be already, you know, getting closer there. Where Kanye would probably want to get him in a, in a good weight system and nutrient system. But um, I think overall it's a phenomenal class offensive line. Another question from Jamie. He's asking, uh, is there a chance we can sway Francis Marigoa? Hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right uh, to even consider committing to Tallahassee. I don't know. If That's a new one to me. Right. Um, uh, I don't know that one. Uh, that means no. Yeah, I don't know that one. That's, <laughs> if, if he comes on the radar, Michael will let us know yeah. 100% across the board. Yeah. I, he's not a name I've heard. So let me ask you a question then just about how your job has changed with the three magical letters, NIL. Mm -hmm. Do you have to be in touch with NIL groups now as part of like your, your sourcing? Uh, because I saw the interview with Rising Spear that uh, Aslan Accord did. Jeff did one as well. Uh, but Bob Davis was talking about how uh, they had a, an energy drink deal ready to go for Travis Hunter. And they were willing to go on record. Everybody can guess who it is. And they had it set up three days before signing day, and he, and he stopped returning calls. And that, that was the first sign for the NIL group that things may, may be amiss. But for you, in your day, I mean, that's got to affect how you work. And, and what have you seen so far with NIL? Yeah, well, you have to change. It's just a part, it's another part of the process where, you know, before you had to get with people that are close to the kid, and then now – now you have to get with people that handle some of the NIL stuff because, to be honest, those guys talk to the recruits probably even earlier than I do sometimes. So you have to get in good with them, see the kind of the feeling they're getting, and then and then find out stuff background-wise with the kid, what's important to him. What, is it something where he wants to do something like uh, is a business or stuff that – or what, what kind of what, – what interests him? You yeah. know? So you have yeah. to find a lot of stuff. and. Then you have to find out what deal is, uh, you know, how, how big is kind of how much a, a certain how much you can make. make yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you kind of just figure that in you in, in some kids. Like I tell people like this all the time. It's like some kids are relation built where it doesn't yep. matter. Like Jared Verse didn't give a crap about NIO at all. Is that right? I yeah. didn't know that. He didn't care at all. Like wow. he was like zero percent in his recruitment of involved huh. in that. So he didn't care anything about that. And I asked him directly, he's like, Jared, how much? He's like, zero. It's like I didn't even it didn't factor in anything I do. So some kids are relation relationships built, and then some are, mm -hmm. you know, it's somewhat MIL driven. And then there's some, a very few, or, or a little bit less than some is um, just really 
Show me money. the best deal. Show me the money. Yeah. yeah. Show me the money. Well, as the numbers go up, maybe we'll see if those percentages yeah. change. So in the final few minutes we've got, obviously, uh, you're going to be working a lot with Austin over the next, what yep. do you think, 48 hours. Just tell us a little bit, you know, because we're going to have everything on warchant.com on the message boards, the premium recruiting board. There are going to be stories left and right. Uh, I'm sure that there's going to be other videos to come along as well. But tell me about what is your life like for the next day or two? <laughs> like, what what do you do? You're leaving here around 3 o'clock. Is that right? Something yeah, like that? Yeah. What yeah. happens after that? So we're going to leave around three. I'm not going to tell people where we're going because I don't <laughs> want, I don't want, you know, running the recruits, but you know, we're just going to see if we can spot some guys that are already here that we can confirm like that are here. And then uh, I'll go inside Doke and I'll chill uh, somewhere in the stadium and I'll watch the game. And then we'll try to get up as many as we can because spring games a little different because there's so many, exits a, a recruit can go so they mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. like to stay afterwards and being on the coaches some just like they've already done some stuff already because i think the visits kind of some of the visits start around three and so they already doing the they've done the stuff as far as the visit and they're just seeing the game and then once they see the game they take off so it's kind of it's it's like you're chasing uh <laughs> you're chasing people from different angles and it's not like what you do when you have a regular official visit or unofficial visit so it's a little different it's a little more challenging but yeah, we're going to knock it out. We're going to kill it. Oh, of course you will. We know that much. You and Austin together, man, he can, he can run. He's young, too. You can make yeah. him do the running. I make him do the running, most yeah. of the running. It's He's like, fast. It's herding cats. You remember the old commercial <laughs> of the herding cats. That's what it looks like. So here's the final question we'll take from Octavio. Thanks to everybody who advanced the discussion today in the chat as well as we're wrapping up our number one here on uh, our War Chant pregame show. Regarding the level of talent that Norvell brings in for these recruiting events, what, spe- what specifically gives Mike the edge over other schools with similar, less-than-ideal records? What gives Mike Norvell that edge over another group that is trying to climb up the ladder? Well, I think uh, I, I've alluded to this. Um, there is nobody, and, and this is not my opinion. It's not just my opinion. These are high school coaches, high school recruits, um, people that are connected with the group. There's nobody does a better job of relationships than FSU. Nobody. Like, they take a personal interest. They they for people that didn't, don't read our updates, like they literally run out to the parking lot and greet kids. Like you do not see a head coach going to a parking lot of more athletic center and greeting kids like what Norvell does. So their, their understanding of, of preparation, their understanding of, of relationships, and, and that's a big deal, what separates them from a lot of schools that are kind of in that same record or just overall they beat teams that have a lot of better records than they do as far as recruits and – that's what they do the best, and that's when the talent on the field and the, or, or I should say, the production on the field mm-hmm. starts equaling that relationships. This thing's going to get scary. Yeah, and, well, you can see those wheels in motion. It's just a matter for us. I mean, on the team side, I'm sure you agree. Just win enough games to keep it moving. As long as you win enough games to keep this thing moving, the players are going to come. It's just a matter now, of. I will. I will say this because before I go off. Um, <laughs> I have served, had somebody from FSU side tell me like it could be up to five commitments today. Oh my god! Okay. Um, five. Well, I'm a little skeptical on that, but yeah, I think it's going to be multiple guys. So just wanted to throw that out there, just in case it happens. Well, there, that's why you want to stay connected to <laughs> Warchant.com. There's some questions we didn't answer. Warchant.com is the place to go. The recruiting boards. Listen, if you put the question in there right now, Michael might not be able to get back to you immediately because he's he's quite busy, but you're going to get your questions answered, so be sure to head to warchant.com. Final question. I, I lied. Here it is, the final okay. question, because okay. it's a fun one. I'm interested for this. Cool. 
do the kids have name tags or do you just remember their faces? <laughs> do you do flashcards? I asked the coaches about this at the luncheon. I was like, do you guys like do flashcard exercises or something? They said, no, now it's all an electronic database. But back in the day, Thompson said, Chris Thompson, that he did kind of do stuff like that where he had to memorize what a kid looked like. How about you? Yeah, I mean, most of the kids I have familiar with their face. Like, yep. so I know them personally, but they, yes, they do. They go in there. They go inside. Once they go inside, they fill out their paperwork or whatever that they're they're visiting, and then they give them a, a leotard. Um, you know, they have you, yep. you know who they are. Um, it's like funny because Austin will call me up and he's like, he'll send me a picture. He's like, do you know who this is? Like, <laughs> so because sometimes they don't have yeah. you know the tags on yet, but yes, they do tag them. Uh, so and, and they keep it uh, extremely easy for you to follow. But yeah, when they first arrive, there's some kids I don't know. You know, but um, most of the time. You know, you know, they get a tag pretty quick, so you know who they are. That's the next thing to come for Warchant.com is facial recognition software. We're going to get there eventually. We'll, yes. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for sitting you in. I really buddy. appreciate it. Appreciate it, it buddy. Yeah. Thank you, bud. Michael Langston, the senior recruiting analyst, Warchant.com. There you go. The Langstonites. The Langstonites are here. We are at Hotel Indigo. Come by. There's a catch bar, a delicious buffet. It's Michael approved. They got the Masters on. We've got a beautiful view of Doe Campbell Stadium. Hour number two is forthcoming in a moment. Again, you're going to watch a couple of uh, minutes of fine footage from Warchant TV. And on the other side, Aslan Hajavandi will join me right there in this chair. This is Warchant TV spring game pregame show. We'll be right back. Bob, you know, everybody wants to, you know, chip in as much as they possibly can. And there's, there's such a huge push on the website over on Warchant.com for people to become uh, involved as boosters. And sometimes we might not see the numbers that we want to see on the booster side of things. Is there anything you guys think that, that might be able to resonate better with fans? And and do fans have to choose between two sides? And, and I guess how will that all kind of factor out, do you think, uh, as we get maybe some more clarity with, with what NIL can ultimately uh, be for, for programs? Yeah, we, I don't think they have to, to choose a side. Um, I know that the boosters in the athletic department are well aware that if Rising Spear does well and we start bringing the classes back in that we're used to having – that athletics, the football program, and other, other athletic teams are going to do better as well. So they're totally in support of us. Um, I've talked to um, Michael Alford several times, you know, as past chair of the boosters, and I said, you know, we're going to be competing for the same, with the same people for the same dollars. And, and he said, go for it. You know, you guys do well, we'll do well. So we're not going to hold you back, and we're not going to compete with you. We're going to possibly even ask our, our – booster organization to uh, members to give you something as well on top of what they're giving us. So, Bob, what are, uh, you know, I know we talked, I think it was back before signing day. It was a while yeah. ago. It was three or four months ago about um, the, the plan and what rising spear was and was going to be. What are some of the uh, four people that want to give money? What are some of the uh, avenues they can do it? Number one, I assume the website will be a big, will be the main way, but also what, do they get to pick who it goes to, what sport it goes to, or there are there ways and avenues for that to happen? Yeah, Corey, there are. Um, first of all, there's we're different than most every other NIL organization, as we talked before. We have Rising Spirit Gold and Rising Spirit Garnet. Gold is the typical NIL. Um, the the student athletes get endorsement deals, they get social media postings, they get appearance fees there's a contract between a company and a student athlete to do something. Um, people can give to that. They can say, I want to get involved in rising spirit gold and I want it to be for football. They, they will be able to specify that on the website. 
Um, if they want to give it to a, one of the girls' teams, I mean, anything that they want to do with that money, they can designate it and restrict it. Now, the other side is where people, other organizations don't have, and that's Rising Spirit Garnet. And that's going to be, the, the process is in the works, a 501c nonprofit organization. People can give to that, get a tax deduction. They can also restrict it to a sport. Um, but what we do with that, you've seen it. You all have covered. Uh, we've sent seven or eight athletes at a time out to the boys and girls clubs to play with the kids, to talk to them about drugs, to, to how important school is and making the right decisions and standing up to, to their peers about doing what's right. And uh, we had the cheerleaders out, three cheerleaders go out and, and work with the girls at the boys and girls clubs. And, you know, that's giving back to the community. We're serving the underserved population. Um, I think I told you then, Corey, it's a, a three-way win. Uh, the donor, the person that gives the money to Rising Spirit gets a tax deduction. The student athletes get some compensation for getting out and doing things. But the community wins because we've got those kids out there uh, helping nonprofit organizations with fund fundraising projects or just working with the kids. Um, and, and that's, you know, nobody else is doing that. Um, it's unique. That's awesome. The handshake line is alive and well. And look at this, on camera together in the same place at the same time. Can you believe it? Aslan Hadravandi, Warchant.com right here. Alongside me, Tom Lang. It's hour number two of spring pregame show on Warchant TV. We're live from Hotel Indigo. We're on the seventh floor. It's a beautiful day to take in a spring game in Tallahassee. Come on out here. They got the Masters on the TV. They've got a cash bar. They've got a buffet. And it's Michael Langston approved. That means that the food is actually delicious because he's got expensive taste, everybody. Aslan, what's going Tom, on? How are you, man? All this, all this is all Tom's handiwork, everybody. Yeah. I'm just here tagging along. This is fun. I get to be like Corey Clark and just show up, just gab, and then walk away. Look, are we going to talk about the thankless parts of our job for 20 minutes? You want to do that? Because <laughs> uh, I can understand. He's got the look in his eyes sometimes when he's setting stuff up post-practice. Or I remember in Charlotte, I was like, Mike. God, the thankless nature of the job. That's what, job. We, do. what we do. Elevate iron sharpening iron. There, there are times where Aslan says, I know you can relate to this. You're like, damn right I can. <laughs> Absolutely I can relate to it. So Aslan, I'm going to put you on the spot right away. Uh, right away. I'm going to let you do the spiel about liking and subscribing. What do you think? Like Spike? Yeah, like there Spike? it is. Whatever it is. Lower right corner of your screen, everybody. Subscribe to WordChant.com's YouTube channel. It's totally free. Get your notifications set for however often you want to know when these videos drop. we got the Jeff Cameron Show. We've got Seminole Headlines. got Wake Up okay. WordChant recruiting videos. Just hit the subscribe button. It's in the bottom right corner of the screen. Piece of cake. And hit the thumbs up. If it wouldn't have cost us 150 bucks, they say drop the mic. Just go ahead. Just drop it down on the ground. See, that's easy. I don't have to do the pleasantries now. So what's your take, Ben? I mean, your, your day at an what, episode. What's your take, Tom? You're, you've been watching the trenches. You, oh my God. That is what right. everybody wants to know about. All I can tell everybody is I still don't think they know who their – do they know who their five best guys are on the offensive no. line? And we no. haven't seen – but at the same time, we haven't seen the best, what we think probably are the best five guys putting on the offensive line. Correct. Hopefully that changes today and we get a better feel of what they can do. Yeah, there's a lot of cross-training going on. That's something that happens. It's the nature of spring practice. Look at you just turning this around and driving. I like this. This is good. I can take a bit of a mental breather. Uh, right guard, I think, is the concern. Uh, point blank. I, I think that's the position. So, Darius, so Darius yes. you don't think, may, has been as seamless as we had hoped. Maybe. Correct. I mean, I know he can play tackle well enough. I, I think he and Bless are about the same level of tackle, which is not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a travesty on that right side. Derek McClendon had a hot start to camp, rushing against the right tackles. Then Bless Harris was elevated to right, to right tackle. Read into that what you will. 
and things kind of stopped. And, and McLennan still would win at times, but it wasn't just a complete whitewashing every single play. Yeah. But Darius has been lauded by Mike Norvell, Alex Atkins, to say that he could play all five positions if he needed to. I don't know. But then, I, but if you can play all five, you can't play one, though, right? Right. You, yeah, more, right. You, have, you don't have one quarterback. You, you have two quarterbacks. You don't have one. Like, I know Dylan Gibbons at left guard. Fixture. Good to go. I know that whether or not it's going to be Maurice Smith or Caden Lyles at center, whoever it is, I hope it's Caden because he's a much bigger body. And obviously the pedigree worked last year with Dylan from, from Notre Dame. But I know you're going to be all right there. Robert Scott started a little bit slowly for me in camp, but has played a lot better. He's solid left. Right tackle, but if it's either Darius or Bless, okay, no problem. Good enough. Good enough. But right guard. And and I don't know that if you put five across, I, like everybody, if they were doing it the fantasy way, you would right. be Robert Scott, Dylan Gibbons, Caden Lyles, Washington, Harris. I don't know. I, I, I've yet It's yet to be determined. And the thing is today, Darius is probably not going to be out there. Somebody asked Mike a question on Tuesday and got uh, like the look of fury. Back yes. <laughs> Somebody's going to ask him these questions, everybody. Right. You yes. want me to ask. You may not, maybe don't want me to ask, but you want the answers to it. So I, I got to ask. Listen, he tells us that, you know, there's a competitive disadvantage talking about right. injuries. Right. We respect it, but there's, you know, there's reports out there. He there got reports hurt in scrimmage there, or whatever, yeah. so we wanted to confirm there it. Was a, I mean, people were talking about surgery yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So at that point, yes, it is a legitimate question. Mike was not yeah. pleased, but you probably won't see 76 today. But, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know that I've seen – the best five out there as I would rank them, or I think most fans would rank them, but that's kind of the point of spring is to figure out what you've got. Let me, let me ask you this too, though. You know, Caden, I think he didn't really play center until he showed up at Wisconsin. I think in right. high school he played a little bit of guard, a little bit of tackle. Mm-hmm. Why not maybe, if we're talking about cross-training, right, I haven't right. seen him cross-train at guard, and we're talking about guard. And Yep, there's a need. You know? No, there's a need. And, and well, if listen, I mean, it's pretty simple. If if uh, Maurice could put on 20 or 30 pounds, I think that's what you would do. I think yeah. either way, either way, one right. of them would play center, one yeah. of them play a guard. That's going to be a charge for this offseason is can Maurice Smith put on the weight necessary to allay concerns about his overall basic strength, like the basic kind of strength necessary to hold it down. But, yeah, I, I, it would be funny to see Kay Lyles try to play tackle now as wide as he is. Yeah. But, yeah, that looks like a guard's body. I mean, it, it does look like somebody who plays that position and plays it naturally. So the cross training is not over. Um, but that's something I've been watching closely. All right, now let me turn it back around. What is your day like? Because you've got to the first three periods. I've done it a couple of days with the handhelds, and I can't do it. But trench work right there. Yeah, Grumpy BK, if he's watching this, he wants he wanted to see like the whole all twenty two. I'm like, we can't really do teaching tape. They don't want to right. show that much. But Tom was able to focus on the tackle box on when they do the eleven on eleven period period number three. So we'll do that again Tuesday too. They'll they'll be open for practice. We'll we'll film that to show everybody. So you hustle it like really hard the first three periods to make sure you get as much B roll as possible for people to see right here on Warchan TV. Again, subscribe. That's the kind of stuff we bring you here. It's not just the entertainment. It's also the blood and guts of film of practice. But then, what's your day like at a practice? And then, what have you focused on this spring? And what's maybe jumped out to you? Man, uh, so yeah, we'll rip through. Well, the whole thing was we used to rip through practice as quickly as we could to get the video up so that we right. could show everybody. But right. They, I guess they want us now to not show maybe the practice footage until. Yeah, it's Practice over. Is actually yeah. over. So mm-hmm. I basically just knock out a whole bunch of work for like 15, 20 minutes. I could, probably should do afterwards so I could watch more of the practice. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm following the ball. I'm following the ball, Tom. I don't have your patience to, you know, focus on the bigger <laughs> picture stuff. So just, you know, I think Jordan, again, I think Jordan physically looks much better. Yep. I think yep. he's got a little bit better poise. I think there's mm-hmm. got to be more confidence. But the, the day-to-day sort of consistency I was seeing, I was hoping to see, I don't think it's really been there yet. But I think, obviously, it brings it back to the offensive line, not maybe being at full strength, yep. him wearing a green jersey, 
them yeah. moving guys around at wide receiver. So yeah. um, I was hoping to see maybe that stride. Not to say it can't be made over the summer, but obviously, man, for me, it's just the, it's the secondary. I think I think it's the defense. I, yep. I did not. I thought with Jermaine leaving, that for sure the defense was going to take a step back. Man, maybe if they don't get that same kind of pass rush, mm-hmm. that's obviously going to be a problem. But man, they're they can cover. Man, they've got better linebacker play. Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett are really high caliber defensive tackles. Yes, they are. I really like the defense. Yeah, agreed. This, that was. Um, I'll go back to the offense real quick. Um, or no, no, forgive me. Defensive ends. Uh, I was watching the offensive line. Everything is through the offensive line this camp. I got. I got to <laughs> shake that. But I remember we did the roundtable after the first week because they did a week, then they go on spring break. And it was what was the pleasant surprise for me? It was the edge rushers because I thought it was such a fundamental drop off, even with Jared Verse coming here, that it would have been noticeable and there'd be no pressure ever. And so you'd say it doesn't matter that they're better in the secondary. It doesn't matter that they're better at linebacker. If on third and obvious you can't get an effective quarterback, you're screwed. You're screwed. It then you're asking for three or four seconds of coverage. But you know what? They're not as good. I'm not even going to try and pump that kind of uh, crazy hype machine. But listen, Jared Verse is quick. He's got the body type to play at this level. There's no doubt about that. And it looks like he's fundamentally sound. Like he wants to be a sponge and absorb the concepts. He doesn't just freelance. So it looks like he's got the aptitude there. But Clendon's been a pleasant surprise. I don't know how great he is because, again, you wonder about right tackle. And and what am I really watching him go against practice after practice? But, yeah, I agree with you. The defense turned the corner after that Thursday, fateful Thursday, where the offense went up and down the field to end practice. They have owned it since then and they look legitimately good i think they look legitimately good would you say that they're a top 40 or top 50 defense again this year i know it's spring yeah. but they look to be a, an above average college football yeah. defense well, I, checks on the mail gentlemen there you go um, but i think Corey was saying let's hope for like a top 30 defense i think that's maybe asking for a little too much yep and i don't know how they're going to rank statistically i just feel they're going to be real they were underrated statistically i think stopping the run last year they were Correct. a good run defense I don't see that changing. I see that being maybe even better, although maybe I'm not counting. Kier was probably – I probably totally underestimated just how vital Kier was. But I think maybe Briggs, mm-hmm. some combination like Briggs gives you that, like Briggs and, and McClendon maybe kind of give you that on the edge. Yep. Um, so I, I think the running defense is going to be so stout. And then I think they're going to be able to cover well that maybe they'll get some coverage sacks. That's not the way right. you want to build this thing, but there's that hope that they can so build. probably the better way to ask it is, do they look like an above-average ACC defense? Yes. Okay, yes. I, I would agree there. They look like they're more aggressive towards the ball. It's not just about staying in phase. It's about making plays on the ball, turning the ball over. It just it, it looks like everybody's communicating. It's the poise you talk about with Jordan Travis. He carries himself like he knows he's the number one, and it's night and day. There was a lot of doubt in his body language in the fall, probably for myriad reasons, but I would think not having the job is one of them. Now there's just everything about him is just much more confident. Hopefully he shows that today on the field in about three hours here. Mark, we thank you so much for your contribution to the program. <laughs> There you go. He brought it with him. Yeah, he's pissed he couldn't be there. You should be, Mark. You should be pissed you're not here. It's a great time at Hotel Indigo. People are enjoying their lined up at the bar here. There's also a buffet, and it's a really good time. A lot of Knowles here having spirited discussions, and there's a cheering section. Every time we have a new guest, there's a cheering section. Let's go talk. Hey, there we go. There's one. I've got one. I've got one. If you've not done so already, hit the like button underneath this video. We've got hundreds of you right now on War Chan TV, and we also thank ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Austin, Austin, Austin Cox. Austin, Austin Cox Austin. is getting his own cheer. All right, so about the offense, about, about quarterback, about Tate Rodemaker. He's had a good camp. Do you believe in Tate as a viable backup? Yeah. Uh, that's a no. Why? 
<laughs> Why? That is a really good question because he has performed well, man. He is he has had more consistent practices than Jordan, man. I mean, I haven't seen Tate have like a bad day. Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen Jordan not have a good day. Um, but then again, man, it all goes back to who they're kind of competing against. But, you know, we need to maybe give some some props to Mike Norrell. This actually does work out with Tate Ronemaker because it, it did not look very good, obviously, in 2020. did not look all that good last year. Say what you will about Jeff Sims. I don't think Jeff Sims is a, right. a, a great option. But, man, Jeff Sims has actually won Power 5 football games. It would have been nice to maybe have that when Jordan He's McKenzie, won a game in Doak. You know, so to, to kind of pass him up to take Tate and then Tate not maybe work out so early. And, you know, I'm a prisoner of the moment. I want things now, now, now. But, man, you want to talk about confidence and just maybe maybe not so much confidence, but just the willingness to, to stretch the field, make some contested throws, trusting your receivers. Yeah, man, Tate, Tate has to maybe be the singular most transformed player, maybe not physically, yeah. but just in terms of production viable backup i think that's maybe the one thing we will learn a lot today because yes. corey's been talking about he'll he'll be talking about it here coming up closing the show down with tom but let's see how he looks like with 20 30 000 people and not his coach is five feet behind him letting him know where to go where the check is and all that kind of Corey stuff. certainly is an anchor isn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. in so many ways in so many ways um <laughs> uh, but it's a huge day for tate and and this is we talked about this yesterday during the happy hour Corey and i did it's it's i told you so season coming shortly one way or the other. It's either the fans saying, told you, doesn't matter. I don't care how good he looks in practice. Clearly, he, he shrinks in the moment. Or it's the media saying, told you, he looked a lot better in spring practice. You saw two or three throws today. We tried to warn you. Here he is. But it's a huge day when you're looking also into the portal. You know, it, in terms of if he has a good, solid day, then you could probably close the book on needing a quarterback with one of those few valuable available scholarships. And then it becomes, where do you go next? So everybody's had a different answer. I don't know that I've, I've heard your answer. If Let's say there's three spots available this summer. Where are you going? Offensive line, yep. defensive line. And depending on Winston, right, maybe wide receiver. But here's the thing, okay. man. I do think you need another You need another quarterback, right, because you can't trust Jordan to stay healthy for, for 12 games. Right. But, man, do you want Alex Hornibrook? Like, do you? Do you want <laughs> Alex Hornibrook? That's what you're going to get, man. No one's – no one's walking away from a really good, no really highly talented quarterbacks walking away from a situation to come compete with Jordan Travis that pretty much has his job. Listen, Mike Norvell came out after the scrimmage last Saturday and said how great the first team defense was and how great the second team offense was. Well, you're glossing over one guy, you're propping up the other. Does that mean that Tate's in the, no, 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 no. Jordan Travis is our quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Travis is a quarterback. I think there, and then so what kind of insurance policy are you going to get? You're going to get the backup from Purdue. What kind of insurance policy really is that? So I've, I've kind of moved off that. But it really becomes incumbent on Tate to be ready when his number is called. Because, again, man, like, I don't think Jordan's soft. I don't know if Jordan's injury prone. But, man, Jordan just hasn't been able to go through 12 games. Right. You know, and when he does miss time, man, it's crucial. If he doesn't go out against Florida, they may they might win that sort of game. So you want to have something built up behind him. So you made me wins for the second time today. Michael did the first time when he said, you know, they just, we haven't had a 500 season in Tallahassee the last few years. And and I know that, and I've covered it. Right. But then when he says it, I'm like, ow. And then when he said Hornibrook, I was like, oh, oh no, no, I don't. I don't. That's not the answer. I'd rather have a, a guy, especially if they couldn't get here for the spring. Yeah. I mean, you're going to put a grad transfer on the learning curve late. And then what is it? What message does that send? So. I wouldn't do that. Joel Davis from the top rope, by the way. What? A pill- he's Joel, a pillar. He's the here. pillar is here. He's here. What do you do? I need that air horn. Where's that air horn? Wah, 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 wah. There you go. 
Joel, thank you dollar, so much. Dollar bills. Yeah, we just talked a little bit of. Uh, I think actually, do I have a little? I saw him walk by. Nope, us. that didn't work. That didn't I saw work. him walk by us. Yeah, he's he was here. He's moving around today. There's, there's a lot of booster action going on today. We got a lot of booster functions around the uh, facilities. People staying in Hotel Indigo. They're here. They're moving around. So Joel and I talked to some Lightning Hockey yesterday. He had a Vasilevsky jersey on nice. yesterday, which is pretty awesome. Go he Bolts. loves going down to the Bolts games. Thank you so much for your contribution, Joel. I know you're watching somewhere. And Delaney. Delaney's got a question plus a contribution. Thank you, Delaney, for contributing to the program. How has Travis J looked? Haven't heard much about him this spring. You guys are killing it. Go Knowles. Well, thank you, Delaney, and go Knowles indeed. Uh, Travis J was banged up. For a yeah. portion of, I was going to say, want to do rock paper scissors on how we got to answer this one? You can, you can take this one, Tom. I will because I, I already went on record saying that he was spotted around campus a couple of weeks ago on a crutch. So there you go. So I had already cited it that nice. that Thanks, we've had Ira. that moment. Now I will say that he looks like he's in better physical condition as of this week, 18. So you might see him today on the uh, yeah. in the spring game. I think that's fair. Maybe, maybe not. But he was banged up for a portion. That's why you haven't heard a lot about him. But I think even still. Even if Travis J was available and healthy throughout spring camp, he might just be buried on the depth chart. Yeah, it's they, they've got some guys, man. They've, they've got pieces in that secondary that you feel really good about. And even before he got banged up, we weren't maybe seeing him compete going up with the running with some of those guys. But um, I get it, everybody. He's, you know, localish product. His coaches raved about him in high yep. school. The way he's built his sort of versatility, you were thinking that you'd find some way to get something out of him, but it just – Kind of hasn't worked out. No, it hasn't. And what will be interesting, too, and, and we talked about this, uh, Ira and I did last hour. And if you're just joining us, this is the War Chant pregame show. Thank you for stopping by. Hit the like button underneath this video. Jeff Cameron would be sitting in this seat that I'm sitting in. I said, my, there you go. That's really good. That was really good. That's a Jeff, like the, the Corey one is our number two. It's, it's like a yabba dabba dude. There's Joe. There there's Joel Thank Davis, you so everybody. much, Mr. Pillar. The man. We sent our well wishes to Jeff, who is just really under the weather. Had a talk with him today. He was going to gut it out, and then he started hacking up a lung, and, and we said, nope, you're not doing that here. You're not going to get a bunch of Knowles sick. So, uh, Tom, let me ask you something. Get well, Jeff. What, what's like the one thing you think you, you feel very confident about that's going to be a positive in that stadium today that fans are going to be able to walk away from it. Like mm -hmm. kind of, I don't say latch on to it, but take that with them to Easy. carry them through the offseason. and be like, all right, we're moving in the right direction. Easy question. Running backs. They're going to like the running backs today. Each one of them has had their moments. Even DJ Williams has flashed the last week or so. He's had some big plays, either breakaway runs or maybe some short yarded situations in which he's finished the job. Uh, they all have had their moments and this, coaching staff does such a good job of generating explosive plays in the running game like you remember you pull up the pff grades all the time so you look at the running grade for florida state last year it was always terrible but then you look at or, or sorry the run blocking grade it was always terrible yeah. but then the run grade was in the green blue yeah green blue, right yeah. so how does that happen that you can't block for the run and yet your running grade's really high that tells me that it's just like as you see jay sean corbin's gonna go for 60 yards or 45 yards trey sean ward's gonna break one for 25 or 30. This coaching staff does such a good job, no matter the opponent, no matter how un how un excuse me outgun starting to get tongue tied outgun they are. They find a way to pin, pull, create the angles. So for a guy like Trey Benson today to have that opportunity, or C.J. Campbell who's had a really good camp, Rodney Hill, D.J. Williams, Trayshawn Ward, I think people are going to walk out of the Lord's building Tofili, today. Toa seven two seven represent. Sorry, huh? You know what? That's the second time I've not mentioned Toa and he's been explosive as well. And I shouldn't forget the seven two seven. That's terrible on me. But this coaching staff does such a good job of that that if you told me what am I sure is going to happen, offensively speaking, I think you're going to see the offensive uh, or the running backs rather have those explosive moments. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. What about you? 
man, I think Amari Cooper's going to do really well. I don't know how much you guys are going to watch it, and I'll wear it if he does allow a, a he allowed a reception in Thursday's scrimmage uh, in the goal line. Mm-hmm. I mean, Johnny Wilson's six seven. What are you going to do, everybody? Yep. yep. I mean, Johnny Wilson's going to run right through. He's going to run right That's through. That's one of the most impressive moments for Johnny Wilson this whole yeah. camp. I was like, oh, who was that against? I was like looking for the number, expecting to see a different one, yeah. like a bad one. I'm like, oh, 13. How about that? And that's what he's wearing this year, 13. I think either Omari or, or Jamie will, will flash enough to work. Because, listen, mm-hmm. man, Jamie Robinson's first team all ACC. We talk about Jermaine being defensive player of the year, which is an amazing honor. But, hey, man, Jamie was also first team all ACC. Yep. He's got that locked down. Akeem has really grown. But I think Omari has just yeah. been a guy that's consistently just been – he hasn't had bad periods at all. I mean, one bad play, it happens. He's a, he's a corner yeah, but you might and you might not see him for that reason. Like if you don't hear from him, that means yeah. he's doing his job really, really well. But you mentioned a name that last year I was not a huge fan of early on in the season, but he solidified his role. Akeem Dent has been since about late October, early November last year, solid as a rock, making plays on the football, the instincts, it the all Miami seems to be game, there. The Miami game yep. like really yep. changed yep. everybody, it feels like. And Corey's been on top. I mean, Corey's held on to his stock. He's been clutching, clutching <laughs> onto that common stock in Akeem Dent Inc. And listen, Michael and I went down, I've, I've talked about on the podcast, we went down to Palm Beach Central back in whatever, 2018, to do like a spring preview. Yep. And I remember like just watching him practice. You're like, okay, man, that, that is legitimate. I don't know the difference, man, but that, that's a legitimate defensive back, high-level, yep. power five defensive back in this conference. And then it didn't kind of work out. They, you know, Harlan Barnett and the previous staff moved him to cornerback and safety, trying to figure things out. Sounds like safety is where he's at home. Yep. Listen, man, if you follow Adam Fuller, the FSU football account, you're seeing those mission takeaways being retweeted. And these aren't these aren't just terribly thrown ducks blindly no. into the ether. Like Akeem Dent is is roving the back end yep. and, and finding the football and catching it. He's actually catching it. That, well, yeah. I remember his freshman year, there was a play, I think it was against yeah. South like, Alabama. The, the Boise State game. Oh, the Boise, the Boise, yeah. First yeah. game. Yep. Like, look at the, uh, yeah. Like, you do the hard part. Now finish yeah. the play. But in general, that's one thing that's a bit of a surprise to me, and I'll, I'll get to the donation from Drew in just a moment. Thank you, Drew. Is that defensive backfield, which felt like there was going to be a lot more up for grabs, there's basically one corner job, and then you're kind of set everywhere else. That, with Jamie Robinson coming back and, and solidifying near the line of scrimmage, Kevin Knowles locking down slot. Uh, Coach Woodson told me in pre-camp that they were thinking maybe they'd flex him outside and see if Greedy could play slot. Not really. It looks like Kevin Knowles is going to stay where he was last year. Amari on one side. You feel? I mean, it's it's almost all locked down. It's going to be tough for some of those young guys like Azariye or Sam McCall to crack that rotation unless you can get that second outside corner job. But Renardo's been pretty good there too. Yeah. And then you got Greedy Vance. Yeah. You know, really shouldn't forget about Jari. I know Jari, you know, aim small, miss small. I mean, he had a great game against North Carolina, but then also struggled at times. I think he's the guy they really want to see. Kind of, he might be like the Lloyd Willis of the defense, where like they they put a lot of expectation. They want to see kind of start paying off here. But yeah, that, that corner spot, let's not forget, you know, Maureen Cooper is a three-star mm-hmm. defensive back who didn't even go through fall camp, and then by October is your best cover corner. Yes. Like McCall and Azaria don't need to be your best corner. But, man, maybe by October yep. they will be really productive guys that you can get some great snaps out of. And, and we're talking about one spot, and we're naming four guys going for it. And Omarion was one of the guys, like principally the only one, that, that Adam Fuller liked and brought in from that class. And it was a three-star, and they were able to develop him fast enough to be a starter by a rivalry game, which 31-28, to 28, right? 31-28 is uh, the donation here from Drew. I'm going to go and guess hockey-wise. Remember Arturs Urbe, an old guy? Oh, but yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go Drew Eterbe. Drew Eterbe. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Biggest question for 2022. Are we keeping that gorgeous Bobby Bowden signature 
uh, on the back of the helmets. P.S. I love the War Chant Empire. It is indeed an empire. And the superb job you all do. Yay, War Chant. Well, yay you, Drew. Thank you for supporting the program. I don't know the answer to that. We'll see today if the Bobby Bowden signature is still on the back uh, of the helmets. I, I would think, it I should would be. It is so. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Classic. I'd keep it on the field, too. It is Bobby Bowden. Yeah. Keep that logo. It's field. It that, is. That logo is sharp as hell. So I guess in the final moments we have here, Aslan, and this has been a pleasure. The 20 minutes flew. This is the fastest 20 minutes we've had. Uh, With all due stop. respect, Michael. Because, you know, I just, I'm teeing it up for Michael, and he needs, he needs to be an expert. This conversation is fantastic. What's your day like today? Let's flex on the side a little bit. What are you doing? I mean, you we're all busy, so I mean, how busy are you and what are you up to? I'm, I'm going to go home and watch the game, actually. Uh, <laughs> are you really? Yeah, I'm going to go home and watch the game. I'll be our eyes in the sky, if you will. There you go. Ira, Corey will have you locked down in the press box. Gene will be taking photos. On the uh, ACC actually, network? Yeah. Jack well, Glass's ACC network? Yeah, you'll be doing the, the watch through. Yep. Uh, but I'll come back. There'll be a war chant rap. Fear not. Ira and Corey will unite their forces. Uh, behind the scenes, we'll tape, we'll be taping that while uh, Tom and Gene do the uh, WarChant.com postgame show. I think on the same link, right? Yes. So keep this link bookmarked, well, if you will. So not this one in particular, okay. but sign up. Uh, you'll see in our social medias, WarChant.com. We've got it all listed out there. If you go to the watch along, that is the postgame. Okay. So okay. We're, we're taking a two-hour break. This link's going to be dead in about a half an hour when we put it in the books. Uh, but... After that, if you jump in for the watch-along, which we're going to have reaction. We can't do play-by-play. You'll see. It's a maiden voyage, but Gene and I are just going to shoot the breeze as the game goes along. Then we're going to take a quick break on the same feed for the post-game show. So a lot coming up, Warchant TV. Make sure, if you haven't done so yet, hit the subscribe button underneath. Help us out. Hit the like button. Finds more Knowles who are looking for spring game coverage. That's what the hell we do here at Warchant TV. Final thoughts before you go? Man, I'm just excited. It's yeah. a beautiful day of weather out there. It is. I think we're going to see some big plays on the offense, yeah. and everything is going to work out, everybody. Stay optimistic. Stay confident. It's going to be all right. It's going to work out, Tom. That's yeah. the message, optimism. It is a beautiful day in Tallahassee. If you're around College Town, Hotel Indigo. Walk in the doors, go to the right, elevators, seventh floor. You'll hear the commotion. That's where we are right here, Warchant.com. Hotel Indigo. Coming up in just a moment is Corey Clark, the lead writer, the senior Corey writer. Clark, let's go. He's somewhere in the abyss let's of Noel fans out here. We'll find. Oh, there he is. I oh, say stage, stage right, Corey Clark. Yeah, he's warming up his arm. He's in the bullpen. We'll be right back after a few minutes. You'll get to see some awesome Warchant TV programming between then and now. You're watching the Warchant TV Spring pregame show. Aslan, thank you so much. It was awesome, Thanks, man. That practice football. Yeah, but does this mean does this mean anything at all? Because I've noticed it more than I did last spring and last uh, August when I went to practices. The guys walking off the field with each other, a a lot more in my opinion anyway, are actually talking about football as they walk off the field. They're talking about a particular play. They're talking about what they were trying oh, to do yeah, on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that mean something, or I is it just does. me? Oh, straws. No, no. They're trying to get better, and they're buying in, and they're sacrificing for one another. It's the ultimate game of sacrifice. You got to do what I need you to do for yeah. a play to succeed. And but one, like an older guy, right. an older guy is giving guy a, a yes. hit, or, a, you know, a tip as, as they're walking off the field, or just talking about a play that they had. Uh, I I think that's a good sign, but I don't know. You you better you got to score some points. So it doesn't matter the oh. kumbaya stuff, but I I do think that that's something. No, but it's a it's, indicator it's working on your you know craft like in anything. You know, if you yeah. and Tom like, like if there's something that's kind of got you guys excited or or angry or, or, whatever. or whatever it is, like you you could talk about it afterwards and kind of yeah. you know and you're, you're professionals. You guys are pros, pros. Yeah. Um, but I think if you were just mailing it in. You would you wouldn't do that. You would just like you know shut the door. And yeah. See you tomorrow. No, you know Tom knows when things are off, and he's good at handling uh, being cursed at. So for me, I just get up yeah. and be like, 
tomorrow. You better get it together. I'm tired of this. You know do, what? And then, you, and he's like, I, I got it. When you want to throw something at him, do you have to walk around over to the other no, side? No, he tells them to come in here. Yeah, so he can throw right, something yeah, out. Yeah, come yeah. get your whooping. I'm, I'm holding that pin container, that yeah, cup right, over right. there. I just he knows what's up. coming. He knows. Get your hands up. Yeah, it's a yeah. long walk. Yeah. A long walk. From that <laughs> but time. he knows yeah. what's coming. But this is, but that's communication. Yeah, right. that's we're communicating. And the 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 tapes that he has of you doing like when Casey Kasem lost his mind and. <laughs> And uh, yeah. uh, what's his name? Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it live. It I mean, the live. stuff he's got of you just losing your mind. It's, it's crazy. He's as played aside, that for me at a party. As an aside, there was a hilarious uh, way back when I did mornings uh, for Clear Channel, which is now iHeart. The guy in the country station, his name was Terry. Anyhow, 94.9 TNT. I used to do their sports for their country morning show because I was doing mornings already. Right. So I would come during a commercial break, and he'd be like, now with sports, Jeff Cameron. And we would do it as a machine called the 360 machine. They don't use them anymore. And anyhow, you'd record it in so he could just press a button. And I had to get in and out with the highlights from baseball, basketball, football, everything there was of the day, in and out inside of 45 seconds. And occasionally I would screw it up, and I would always – you know, say something. Right. Because it wasn't live. Colorful. Unbeknownst to me, he saved it for a year. Oh, nice. And I'm a creative mm, person. Yeah, we've heard it. Not as much as Tom. There are a lot of different things that I've mixed and matched and put together. And then at the end of the year, we were having our office celebration. He was like, hey, I just want to want to thank Jeff this year for doing the sports for us. And here's a little taste of what we get every morning. And he played Oh, it. that's fun. And it's it's long. probably a 20 minute it's clip. It's like 20 minutes of everything you could <laughs> See, imagine. See, that's the thing that, the thing that Tom played for me. It's not nearly as uh, fun loving. I mean, it is anger and it's directed at him. <laughs> I don't think that's and true. And it's not, it's I, uh, not. You're painting a picture for our audience. Yeah, I mean, it's simply pretty right. maniacal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Uh, could you hear the slap? Uh, no, you heard oh, the mug crashing okay. in the glass. I mean, it was nuts, Jeff. We are back. Here we are. Is my mic on? Yes, it is. We are live. We just met another Noah. His name is Adam. He's hanging, out. He's hanging out with us here at Hotel Indigo. Many are. Join the scores of people here at Hotel Indigo enjoying the delicious beverages, the buffet, the beautiful view of Doe Campbell on a windy day here. It is gorgeous outside. The temperature is just right. It feels like a fall Saturday. I said that yesterday on the it does. It's windy out there. It's gusty. Here is the guest du jour, the anchor right here. He anchors yeah. the lineup. Corey Clark is going to save me as my voice fails for the last half an hour of the show. The senior yeah. writer, the lead writer. What's up, man? So you've got the uh, the pineapple thingy again? It's uh, Well, it's orange. It's an orange squirt. But, yeah, a little bit of vodka. Oh, okay. Orange squirt right there in here. There you go. All right. Yeah, they do have a cash it's bar It's perfect. Here. And you saved like, the best for last, right? Like, I'm the main event. I'm That's the main right. attraction. I'm cleanup hitter, closer, Every however you want to refer to me. You got all the riffraff out of the way. <laughs> now we can talk some football. I like the backdrop too. A little yeah. bit hostage video y. <laughs> it is. It you is. Know, but it's cool. So we would have had the War Chan backdrop, but I don't know that they want to ruin these walls because we were going to be outside. But well, right. Yeah. The and wind the advisory. Wind, it's, so wind, it's so windy up there. Gusting 30 to 40 miles an hour at the ground level. So up here, it's like a tropical storm at times. So that's why we're. It's, it blew over a couple of the high top tables. Yeah. But, but we're here. They got the masters on. I mean, this is a really good atmosphere here. It's our first time at Hotel Indigo. You enjoying it because you've been mingling for the last hour and a half. I have, yeah. It is a nice place. It's a nice space, but it's a it's a really nice hotel. And yeah, you got you got Knowles up here. You know what I mean? Yep. Knowles that knew about this came up. Want to talk about the team? They're all very nice and complimentary of all of us. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Got Stephanie here. Jamie's here. The That's whole right. gang, the whole crew, and they're the support system. The support system of the uh, the Giants staff. Yeah, that that's right. Wheels. That's, that's right. Uh, that's what we need here. Gene Williams is in attendance as well. 
So, Corey, I've asked this question of everybody else, but what are you going to watch for today? And we talked about it yesterday, but this is a new audience. So what are you watching for today? Yeah, um, I'm going to go with the, the old reliable, uh, my man Rodemaker. Um, okay. I think there is a there's an argument an argument to be made, a good one, that you do not need to go to the portal if that kid is what he's looked like this spring. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to find a better backup out there maybe than that kid, one that would have to relearn a system, might not want to come play at Florida State and be a backup. I think Tate knows where he is in the pecking order because um, he's still here. So I think if he, if he goes out and plays well – then, yeah, you feel really good about maybe using that space that you might have thought you need to go get a quarterback on somebody else. It's about hardcores. It took you all too long. It took you all way too long. That was a disappointment. Yeah. That was a disappointment. It's going to be like Hasselhoff at dodgeball with the German team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You don't deserve the privilege. Yeah, that's right. In so German. that's what I hope is that Rodemaker has a good spring or a good game. Eric Angel, we miss you, buddy. He's contributed to the program. He's watching, I think, on the DVR because he's got uh, Tom and Aslan. Go Knowles. Wish I was there. We wish you were there. So does Corey. Corey wishes you were here, Eric. We all wish you were here, Eric. What's the matter with you? Go you Knowles. Got, but apparently, I think Eric is going to be living here soon. He is. I, he said that yesterday in the chat in yeah, May. That's, yeah. He's that's, on the that's way in good May. news. That's good news. So that's awesome. And Shane and Michelle are here, his friends. They uh, James B. James they B. were all here earlier, so that's good stuff. The pillars are rocking, and I'm doing like the uh, the panoramic view. There are a lot of pillars here, yeah. and Eric, uh, we'll see you next month here in Tallahassee. He says the Lady Knowles losing 11 and nothing in softball. I didn't see that coming. They're what? They're losing 11 and nothing. Who is? To Virginia Tech, the softball team, apparently. Lonnie, what, what is going on, Lonnie? Uh, you know what? Lonnie, the wheels have come off. Continue the great purge. No, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm to- totally yeah. kidding. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, today Rodemaker can obviously cement his spot and keep a spot open for somebody else in the transfer portal. We've talked about that at nausea. Yeah. Offensive line for sure. You might go DL, dip in for, for a D lineman perhaps. Yeah. Uh, linebacker, you could use another hand. Maybe what receiver if the right guy is I'd there. Like, and I'd also like John uh, Wilson and, and Pittman to have some moments where yep. you guys get to see what we've seen. Yep. And but you know we're not lying. <laughs> because they are they are different kind of players than what you've been used to uh, at wide receiver here. So I hope they get a chance to make a couple. Look, the, they aren't. It's not Peter Warwick and Kelvin Benjamin. Correct. Don't get the wrong idea. These guys aren't going to be first round picks, but probably not. But they are so much better than what's been around here, and guys that can actually go make plays for themselves. I hope they get a chance to show that. That's the thing I'm looking to, to see today personally, too, is we've seen it in practice. A lot of plays are being made. Like a rep isn't won or lost because somebody sucks. You know, yeah. it's because somebody right. goes out and makes a play, be it the offense, you know, creating separation, going to catch a ball, or a guy making a block, or a guy right. shedding a block. This, the, the genesis of better competition is here. Last spring, a lot of reps are just like, yeesh. Yeah. And, and it was like silence among the media core. This year, a lot of reps go, ooh, look at that throw. Yeah. That's a really nice catch. Oh, man, Azaria, you got ball skills like that, and you're supposed to be in high school still? Right. Like, just all across, where in a way that hasn't been in some time here in Tallahassee, all across the practice field, you're seeing plays being made. So, hopefully, everybody gets to see what we've seen, because if you do, as a fan out there, if you see what we've seen this spring and how much higher the basis is, the baseline of practice, yeah. You're going to be excited this summer. You're going to be ready so. to go. Again, it's it's a cautious excitement, right? Because it's not like anybody here is predicting 11 wins. Yep. In Florida State, if it's, you know, we're, we're used around here to winning a lot of games. Well, until recently. So a good season at Florida State, it's still hard to gauge. It's still hard to call an eight-win season or a seven-win season and a good season. But it's an improved season. And you're trying to get somewhere. And this is a necessary step to yep. get to where you want to go. So, you're going to see an upgrade in talent. It is not an NFL roster, no. but it is a 
it's probably a middle of the road, a little bit above average ACC roster, which is so much better than it's been. So go with that. No, don't expect to see a bunch of superstar players, but good players. And they, they, they've not had a lot of them recently. We didn't talk about this too much yesterday, but it was really cool Thursday's practice with the goal line drill in the stadium. So they, they moved from place to place. They did the first few periods like they usually do in the indoor practice facility. Then they worked outside on the, on the usual practice fields. That line against uh, Dickhauser Stadium, third baseline, left field line. But then at the end, they went into Doe Campbell Stadium and they played basically a goal line drill where it's offense yeah. versus defense. And it's first to, I guess we can say, first to 10. So they were playing, if you win the rep, you get a point. First to 10 wins. Right. And the war chant was on loop the entire time. They must have played 35 times in a row, which is not a problem. But, you know, well, it was while, right above us. It was, it, was, it was a lot after a while. It's we like, sat all in right. the student section yeah. in the end zone where yeah. the band is now, actually, since they moved the band there. But uh, your thoughts on that, because I enjoyed the hell out of that practice more than it, it, it had gotten kind of there was a malaise. There was a routine. That one snapped me out of it. That felt different a little bit. And you got to see some passion. Yeah, and I thought it was I thought it was uh, um, interesting that Norvell said that he wanted to do that on Tuesday, but coming huh. out of a scrimmage because they, their Tuesday after the first scrimmage was so, um, you know, uninspired that he wanted to he didn't want to give them another. Re- he wanted to see if they could come out to a practice after a scrimmage without some. Um, goal line stand situation right, to get their right. passion up to see if they would. Right. And he liked what he saw on Tuesday. So Thursday, he he had that as the goal line. And yeah, man, I thought it was great. I thought it was, uh, you know, I wrote about a war chant. The offense yep. won 10 to 9, which is, you know, the offense only has to get a yard. Right. So they had a, they obviously have a very good, uh, a very big advantage. Um, but it was really spirited and it was physical. And there were really good plays made on both sides. Yes. And uh, I thought DJ Williams ran hard. I thought Micah Pittman on his little sweep. Ran really hard to get and bowled his way into the end zone. Wilson with the fade. So those guys made plays, but then you saw Toa Feely squirting in there once, yep, and, and yep. Jordan Travis. And in the way that Jared Verse talks to the offense, I don't think they like that dude. No, I, and I'm not saying that like I'm sure they like be, him being a teammate, but there's not a lot of love lost between the offense and Jared mm-hmm. Verse. And I think Jared Verse is rallying up other guys on the defense to join that, yep. and that's good for competition. And there were no fisticuffs or anything, but he talks a lot. And he makes Jordan Travis talk a lot because he's basically telling Verse, shut up. And it goes back and forth, and it's really fun to watch. They're going to have to prove it on the field for people to believe it in terms of the fan base. But there's a huge difference between the kind of bravado that we saw in the bad years on defense yes. recently and then, yeah. and then you know the finger-pointing when things don't go right versus legit swagger. That term's overused. Yeah. But whatever the edge is that you have about you, this defense has developed that, I think, a lot in the last week and a half to two weeks of practice where yeah. – it, I mean, there was a moment a couple of weeks ago, I was having my ass off. The offense is sent off the field, and there's a defensive lineman, I won't name who. He waves goodbye to them, and he's talking junk, and he kind of follows them. He's goodbye, goodbye, you're yeah, done. Get yeah, off my field. Yeah, Get off my yeah. field. And then the defensive backs, obviously, that's always going to be a tripping match with the receivers, but Jared versus like that. They've got a little nasty in him, and I think there'll be more substance to it now. They've got to prove it in the fall. Yeah. But I think there'll be a little bit more substance to it now rather than that false bravado that they've had for so many years that yeah. drove fans nuts. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you, I, I always immediately think back to uh, the Louisville game two years ago where Raymond Woody drops an interception that's thrown right to him. The receiver almost catches it. He bobbles and it falls to the ground, and Raymond Woody gets up and does this on a ball that he should have caught and mm-hmm. he gets up and does an incomplete sign. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that just will drive you crazy as a fan or a media member is like, man, you, you didn't make the play. Don't celebrate right. a play you didn't make, but they, 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 they really genuinely celebrate good plays 
and they tell the other team about it. And you might not like that or think that matters much, but it so raises the competition level to what we didn't see last year. Right. Because last year, I mean, it was just gross. And this year, I think the competition level is much better. And I, I think they really, there are times they really don't like each other, which is good. It should, well, that's the way it should be. And especially sometimes the segments groups, like, you know, maybe they shouldn't like each other within a segment group because they're pushing each other yeah, for those yeah. reps. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for. It sounds so basic, but we live in basic times around we here. Do. You're right. You're right. Until until we can get more complex, just keep it basic and keep that incremental improvement. You are noted, and rightly so, for having an encyclopedic remembrance of just about every one of these football teams here in Tallahassee last, what do you say, 35 years or so? 87, I mean, definitely 86? from like 85 to 2000. Okay. 13 then so long cells got killed after that but i <laughs> from that th- th- that window i still i feel pretty good about all right it. so before i was born till 2013 you right. have it okay well, yeah, we get it man you're young you don't have to brag uh, 35 ain't that young anymore you're right it isn't it's really not <laughs> 40, 46 is pretty old that's it's, what it means it's kind of sad but um you know in your mind if you're comparing this group and what you see to any of the others you know maybe the lost decade years or jimbo's first crew in 2010 is there a team that this looks like in, in terms of talent-wise? Because you can reach back, and I'll, I'll filibuster a little longer to let you think, but you can reach back and find those examples. Yeah. Obviously, from 88 to 2000, no chance whatsoever, 86 to 2000, really. But this group is better. I just have a hard time putting into terms what they're going to look like to fans of the program in the last yeah. 20 or 30 years. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I would say um, the 2008 team was a solid team they okay. had the i think that was the year that marcus ball fumbled at georgia tech i think that was 08 <laughs> yeah but that cost them a win but that was an eight win team I my think. buddy shouted we got this in well the end zone. well he he, he got what he deserved them i mean i'll never ever forget yeah. that yeah uh that's great we got this it's over and the moment in the moment everybody goes shut up are yeah, you yeah, kidding it's not over shouldn't have been in the game in the first yeah. place yeah their court nesbitt got hurt yeah so anyway go ahead so anyway that team was a solid team not a great team but a solid team um they didn't have a ton of spectacular talent, and if they didn't have any really, but the one most of it that they had was young. But they had a, a, a quarterback that was getting better and yep. Ponder, yep, and was more of a runner than a thrower at that time. But mm-hmm. they found a way to make it work, and the defense was solid-ish. Yep, I think that's what you have here. I think the difference is, um, I don't think you're poised for an 9 when the defense was terrible. Right, like I right. think you've got enough building pieces here that this defense should be pretty good. Uh, for the foreseeable future. Like, there, yeah. there's a lot of young guys. Yep. There are a lot of experience, but there's a lot of guys that are still young. So, I like that. I just – and I, that 08 offense, like, I, that 09 offense was great. Yeah, it was. Can can this offense get somewhere close? Because it was it was straight up an 08 offense last year. It was Ponder mm-hmm. running. I, I think Ponder threw for over 200 yards one time that year. And then the next year, obviously, he took off and was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I don't expect that from Jordan Travis through the air. But if he can take a step – with the throwing, the, with, yep. with the with the passing, I think you're looking at a yeah an 08 type season. I think you can win eight or eight and eight games with this. Well, if uh, I'll use a member of that team because those are my undergrad years. If Johnny Wilson could be anything close to Greg Carr, you got something then. You know, because sure. Then you've got something a defense has to honor, and you're starting to create the balance. But you're right about the defense. I, I don't expect a, a 2009 level defense here anytime soon. That was the year, of course, that there was a Saturday night game with a lightning delay against Georgia Tech. FSU punted once and lost. Yeah, to the yeah. option. And they, they, uh, that game started with nine straight touchdowns. Yeah, I remember Florida that. State lost. Florida State had scored 35 points in the first half and lost the football game. So if you can create that balance on offense, and, and the other thing is, well, we mentioned this yesterday, if receivers can create separation, again, we live in very basic times, but if they can do that, then magically Jordan Travis is going to be talked about as a better passer. 
Yeah. You know, well, right. It's amazing how bad of a passer you are when nobody can get open. You know, that, that's the well, other thing. And that's one of the, one of the uh, I guess, complaints. One of the thing, observations I've had this spring is it looks like he's still not pulling it. He's still not throwing it and ripping it yep. when he should. Like, it's yeah. not in rhythm a lot, not in the middle of the field a lot. And you wonder, okay, is he going to take that step? Or is he going to be the guy he was last year? Which is still an eight-win quarterback, even if he's just what he is last year. Right. But then you're like, okay, is he really missing something? Or are these guys not getting open? Like, we don't know right. that. This will give us a better idea, like, because it'll be on film. We'll be able to go back and watch, okay, did he miss somebody? Was this open and he just missed it? Mm-hmm. Is this the stuff he's still missing? But, you know, yeah, you're right. Last year, who was open? No. Weren't a lot of dudes getting wide open. No. There weren't a lot of guys making plays after the catch. There were guys open through scheme. You know, they're yes. creating the yeah. rub action near the line of scrimmage, and then they're wheel yeah, you get Ja'Kai on a slow safety. Right. So you've matched them up. Exactly. Yeah. And Jordan makes those throws. He does. And that's the one thing, too, that he diagnoses immediately. You want to talk about IQ? He sees it before the snap. He knows. Because this offense is designed to do that, and you want to do the shtick about the design for playmakers with an iconic brand, whatever. It's true, though. Pre-snap, they're trying to find that one-on-one that you can take advantage of. And if it's going to be a throw outside the numbers – Jordan not only can make that throw, he sees it before the ball snapped. Yeah. Like, he knew he was going to the right sideline against Miami to set up that game-winning touchdown, the fourth and 14. He knew where he was going in the football immediately before the play. And the he good, had to throw it immediately. He did. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the other thing, too. Yeah. Necessity breeds yeah. Yeah. You know, get rid of it sometimes quick. greatness. Like, I'm going to die if I don't get rid yeah. of the ball now is, is a hell of an incentive. There were a lot of post-snap reads in that game because he didn't have time to do much reading. Okay, great segue, then. Where are we on the offensive line in your mind? Where, where is that discussion? Is he going to have to make those decisions of, I need to get rid of the ball or I'm dead, or is he going to have a little bit more time once they get to the fall? Yeah, I, I, it will be better. Look, man, they were okay last year, and everybody's back, except Devontae Love-Taylor, who wasn't good last year anyway because right. he was hurt. So you have an okay offensive line anyway, and you brought in two transfers who both probably will play. So you should be better, but how good? And yep. what's Darius Washington's status going to be? Where is he going to play? Right. Um, is Bless Harris your tackle? Is Robert Scott the other tackle? Um, where is Caden Lyles going to be your center? I think right. he will be eventually, yep. but he's he ain't, he's not there yet apparently. So you you just there are question marks because there's so many bodies and there's so many guys being mixed and matched. Will they be able to settle on a, a, a top seven? Yep. And will that top seven be appreciably better than right. last year, which it should be? And do you feel confident in the seven? That's what I was just going to yeah, say. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you, as a you know, a, a fan, a media member, it's certainly them, of course, most chief uh, and foremost, as a staff, do you believe that you have two reserves? Because actually, yeah. that's already progress. If you actually have that, I think they're borderline right now. I like six, maybe seven. I'm just worried. Maurice Smith needs to put on some weight this offseason. I'm just going to say it. My man needs to put on some a when lot Kaden, of weight. When Caden Lyle stands next to you, if you're not up to size, not up to speed, but up to size, it becomes readily apparent. And it yeah. is. It is. When those two dudes work next to each other, you go, oh, my God. Now, I don't even know if they'd be in the same wrestling class. Like, you know what I mean? Like the <laughs> right. classification. Like, yeah. he'd be a light heavyweight or a 189 or something. Uh, he's not a heavyweight. Maurice Smith needs to be a heavyweight if he's going to play at this level, in yeah. my opinion. I think he's good technically. I think they like yeah. what he does, and he's a hard worker. And he's pretty talented, but he's not big enough. He's just not big enough. You've hit on a bunch of these guys already, but I'll, I'll ask you directly because I, I've done a lot of trenches stuff. This, yeah. You know, as we're walking around the IPF or wherever, we got different assignments. So I've been in the trenches. You've seen a lot of the Skellies, the seven on sevens, the 11 on 11s, the skill players in short. Sure. You've seen a lot sure. of them. All right. So maybe a name or two that folks haven't heard a lot about, or you just in particular want to reiterate that you like. What have you seen from the skill position players that you like, either offense or defense? Uh, yeah. I won't, I won't talk about Pittman and Wilson. I've talked about them enough. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'd like to see what Akeem Dent does. If you're talking about, does yep, he count? Yep. Um, 
because look, Jamie Robinson's a good college football player. I don't know what his what his career will be in the NFL, but he is a good safety, one of the, the best of the conference coming back anyway. He was all ACC. If Akeem Dent can be close to that, yep. Then all of a sudden you got two good safeties, man. When's the yes. last time they had two good safeties around here? And Forever. when they got better last year in the middle of the season is when it was just those two guys. He stopped rotating in mm-hmm. whoever he was rotating in, Travis J, Renardo Green, yep. um, guys like Sidney Williams. And it essentially, as long as Jamie Robinson hadn't been kicked out of a game for targeting, it was it was Robinson and Dent. And yep. they got better. The communication is there. And if Dent can be a good college football player. To go along with what you got it with Cooper, what you got with Knowles, what you have on the other side, whether it's Green or Azaria uh, Thomas or Greeny Vance, you have a solid secondary. And I like that. You need a solid secondary. The pass rush is not going to be as good as it was last year. Correct. Yeah. But I think the, the group of 11 could be significantly yep. better yep. To, to bring that around and kind of mask the It'll issue. It'll definitely a bit. be better to start the year. Yeah. All yeah. these guys played, mo- almost all these guys played a lot of football last year. Yeah. Even somebody like McClendon, he played more than we remember. Yes. If he's yes. starting on the other side, Burst is the one that's played. Burst is literally the only one that'll play in that starting 11 yep. that doesn't have a lot of experience with Division One football. Yeah. He's the only one, and he might be the most talented of the bunch. He might very well be. Uh, it, it's not just flash plays. It's not once in a while we're like, oh, that's why they brought him here. No, yeah. he has runs. He has runs of three or four consecutive yes. plays where even if he doesn't make the play, the, the pocket was flushed right, and you're like, well, there he goes, affecting another play principally. They can't yeah. run what they want to run. But, yeah, and Briggs is a guy that I want to see after the summer once he gets more into the strength and conditioning program. Yeah, for yeah. The position he's just not, he's not up to speed yet because Correct. of the injury last year. And so we don't know what he is. We haven't really gotten to see him at all. Correct. But we do know he's got some instincts and some yes. quicks about yep. him, and yep. he'll be more than serviceable. But I want to see what his body looks like once they fit him to the position that they're getting him to play. But, yeah, I agree. Akeem Den is a player who he, he had it locked down by late October, early November. You saw a difference in the way he plays. And it's something that Ira talked about last hour. If you trust somebody else is good enough to do what they're supposed to do, you stop freelancing. Because yeah. like, oh, I know what he's going to do. He's fine. Let me focus on what I need to do. And Coach Fuller's talked about that. I was a little bit frustrated with Adam. A lot of people were. But I was frustrated specifically on the point where he said in fall camp, first day, we the time for carving out roles is now. We can't be rotating guys in and out. Yeah. I, I'm glad that we have guys who can play multiple positions. That's not realistic, though. We need to have guys carved out into certain roles. Well, that didn't happen for like six games, yeah, five, six games. And I was like, you know, if you're asking for that, why the hell are you still rotating bodies in and out? But they do look like they have identities on defense. Yeah. Every player has their own job that they're going to do, and they've been the ones that have stolen the show in camp the last week and a half. We fully anticipate, I think, today that the defense will get the better of the offense when it goes ones-on-ones probably. Yeah, the first team, I think the defense will. I mean, it'd be nice if the offense, the first-team offense can make some plays. I will yep. say when it comes to the, the skill guys on offense – um, I'd like to see Jakai do something. He's had a pretty good camp. Mm-hmm. He was much better to start yes. than he finished. One on one, they can't cover. It's just a matter of fitting that into eleven on eleven. He hasn't been a huge impact player eleven on eleven, but I think that guy has a chance to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also Pokey, those two guys to me to go along with the two new guys, they give you a, that's a quartet with four different skill sets. Um, Pokey and Jakai can really run, really run. And then the other two guys are possession guys that have some special stuff to them. They're not special players, at least not yet. But Johnny Wilson's height, Micah Pittman's competitiveness and uh, elusiveness. That's a word, right? Elusiveness? It is, indeed. Yeah, I nailed that. Um, It's like urinate. (laughs) Yeah, they have have some special stuff to them. So if if Pokey and Jakai can be good, good, better, it might be an okay receiving core. Right. So then, oh no, it, totally. I was just about to ask the final question. I was going to do the shock value, but you know, because usually they're like, "I love you," out of nowhere, you'll say oh, something oh, like that yeah, to keep people yeah. off guard. So, 
all right, today, rest of the day, what are you, uh, what's your day like? Let's flex on the, uh, on the Warchant TV and Warchant.com strength of what we do. So what it is uh, for you, what's your, what's your assignment? I'll be watching uh, you and Gene on, uh, oh, on you YouTube, will? watching right. the game. I want to see well, what now that's all pressure. about. So, yeah. so do I. I have no idea. Is that going to be here? Are you going to do that from here? No, I'll go back to the house after okay. this. i got to break that uh, So I'll watch that. Uh, I, I walk over the stadium. I think I'm going to stop at a couple tailgates. All right. See what's what. Nice. nice. I, you know, you like to meet the fans, right? You you, you know, I, look, not, not usually will I stop, but, yeah. you know, for a spring game I will. And then uh, you got the orange ready to go. Well, I got uh, well. No, I'm gonna probably not drink during the game. Oh, there you right? go. So, uh, well, then we'll do the war chant. We'll do the war wrap afterwards yep. after the spring game, and I'll write some sort of observation column. And I'll always have some witticisms on Twitter. You know that. I'll give you these then, because Ira committed to wear these on the wrap. The tack glasses. He's, He's gonna, gonna put, wear them. He said he was. Yeah. You want to put them on? Put them on. Yeah, <laughs> I never wore them. Oh yeah. Oh my that. goodness, you just got angrier. Yeah, man, this is great. <laughs> Yeah, it's you can phenomenal. see. I mean, you just see red, white, and blue in these things, right? It's it's just and red. snipers. And look, snipers. Over, look on the roof over yeah. there. You see snipers, them. red, white, and blue. Yeah, this. I mean, this is America. This is America. This is ACC look Network. At, look at that Masters broadcast. Oh my God, there's a bald eagle there. Oh man, oh, these so are great. We're wrapping up here. It's starting to get silly. Matthew, can you put the graphic up for what we've got? I know a lot of it's already happened. You said Ira committed to wearing these. He did. He I said don't he would. That. He's. I'm the one that plays the clown on those things. He never does. Check the tape. He's the straight man. Check All the right, tape. I'll, I'll make him. I want him. I want him to do it. <laughs> uh, Matthew, great. wipe that graphic up. There we go. So we're we're about halfway through. It's like you are here at okay. uh, the bottom right of the screen. The War Chant Watch Long is coming up next on War Chance TV. It'll be Gene and myself. Maybe somebody will stop by. We Everybody's got the link. Feel free to hop in if you want to. But we'll be doing the watch along. We don't know how it's going to go. We're just going to give it a shot here with the spring game. We're going to have some and fun. I might, I'm, after the game, after I'm done riding and all my all yep. my requirements, I might, might be at Corner Pocket after that. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, you see their logo on the lower left part of the screen, Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. That's where we were yesterday for the happy hour. That's where you can be again. It also has, you know, TVs on the Masters on a Masters Sunday if you're staying, staying around town. But don't stop if you're on your way to Hotel Indigo. Come on up here. The cash bar is flowing. The buffet is delicious. The view is gorgeous as well. If you've got nothing to do around Especially the state of college uh, town today, if you've got your glasses, if you got your glasses too, they'll protect you. You will be <laughs> protected. Right. Yeah. A Humvee could roll those things over, and he's really embracing it. He's keeping these on. Now, these are great looking. I, I didn't know I looked so good with glasses. Huh? This is nuts. This it's is a game changer. It changes the world. <laughs> yeah. Look at Yeah, even Gene's coming for a photo. It's uh oh, it's for the whole photo. He's, I, I thought it's he was just, just coming. Glasses. Yeah, this is for the full effect. Are we done? We pretty much are. All right. Yeah, we pretty much are. Now I do have to uh, issue some thank yous, some much needed thank yous to the folks here at Hotel Indigo. Thank you so much for the hospitality. Jay is running around. He's hiding there behind the post. There he is, Jay. Thank you so much. Everybody here has been most welcoming, and it's been a first class experience. Hopefully, we continue this on into the fall to all the knolls and pillars. That came out here. Pillars yeah. are knolls as well. But uh, as everybody who came out here to mingle with us, meet and greet, thank you so very much to our friends and family, the staff at Warchant.com. Thank you for being here. Obviously, to all the guests as well. Corey's the anchor. We get yeah. that. But yeah. Ira let off the show, did a great job. Michael answered the questions I mean, about recruiting. The, was it great or was it, it, was it was, Ira? He was either Love It or Cooper, man. It was legit. Oh, okay. All right, good. Legit. He's a good player. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a very, solid. he's a solid ass player. Michael did a great job with the recruiting. Aslan and I, for you the first and Aslan, time. I've never seen you guys on time. camera together. We're not in the same room ever. So yeah. it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> That's right. That's I right. got to know him. Seems like a yeah, nice guy. He's a good guy. He's yeah. a good guy. Or maybe we can He talk. wears on you a little bit after a while, but that's that's just me. <laughs> we share so much history, though, which is interesting. Like, not as friends, but 
he grew up in East Lake slash Palm Harbor, which is where I grew up. Yeah. It's you didn't so even know that. We didn't know. Day. We didn't know. You didn't even know his last name until today. <laughs> I thought it was Hodges. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you to everybody who tuned in and to all the contributors, everybody who advanced the discussion. Thank you so much for your comments and your questions. And to those who uh, contributed to the cause beyond that, Marcus, thank you. Mark, Delaney, Joel, of course, the pillar himself coming JD. up big. Drew, thank you. Eric Angel, of course, we'll see you here in Tallahassee next month. Thank you to everybody who tuned in right here on Warchan TV again to Director Matthew back there for helping us. Into the ACC Network for these classes. That's right. ACC Network. If you don't know where to get those, just wait. Watch on ACC Network. You'll get the phone number. Yeah, they'll, you'll they'll find them. They, they, they play that commercial quite a bit. There's another sniper. See? Look, he sees them. He sees them. Training the eyes. Apparently, there was a uh, Grand Slam and a three run home run for Florida State softball. They are rallying. So, so I'm going to find down it. 11 to 7. Something like that. I'm going to find it pitch? on the screen. I don't know. Come on, Could've Lonnie. Watson? Get it together. Get it together, indeed. We're going to get it together. We'll see you at 5 o'clock right here on Warchant TV. Like and subscribe. Thank you, Matthew. You can kill the broadcast. Thanks, everybody. Great talking to you on Warchant TV.